0: Hello friends, today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Have you had a chance to head over to the Big Cartel and pre-order yourself a copy of the MH Chaos LP? There's two different options. There's the Straight Black, which is out of 300. And then there's the From Within Records exclusive, which is the Bone Black with Red Splatter, which is out of 100. So please, if you haven't yet, head over to... The From Within Records Big Cartel. Pre-order yourself a copy before it's too late. Shout out to MH Chaos, Chicago Hardcore. Their new LP is awesome. And spoiler alert, later this month, we will have some members from MH Chaos coming on the podcast to talk about the new record. And I'm so stoked to have them back on. But also, November 12th, Shackled, New Jersey's own Doubt Surrounds All will be releasing... And I could not be any more excited. I'm such a longtime Shackled fan. And I'm so excited to see how far they've come. They're holding it down for their scene. They're uh, putting out this record with From Within Records. And it's such an awesome collab. I'm so stoked. And I can't wait for all of you to hear it. So please keep an eye out. November 12th. Your life is going to change forever when you hear that record. But please, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter your Instagram, click that follow button. There's always cool shit dropping. There was more recently an exclusive uh, payback cover for it is what it is and a T-shirt. You might have missed out on that if you're not following From Within Records on social media. So do yourself a favor and do that. And like I always say, support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we track down Dominic Vargas, singer of a Detroit hardcore band called True Love. And this is something that I wanted to do for a really long time because I am a fan of True Love. And I was always curious, what are they doing? Where have they been? And uh, just being around hardcore in Southern California, I had seen Dominic from time to time, but it just never felt right to approach him for a number of reasons. I don't know him personally, and I didn't want to just go be – uh just it seemed like a weirdo like hey like i know you're here uh on your free time enjoying this show but let me bug you about your band that you might not want to talk about so i just always held off on it because it just never felt like it was right but just so happens the universe brings us all together at some point in time and i was at the turnstile show at the garden grove Amphitheater with show me the body never ending game and sure enough dominic was doing merch and uh He just seemed really friendly, and that was my first ever interaction with him on a personal level, and I'm happy that he was there because it totally led us to doing this podcast, and it, it was seriously one of my favorite conversations ever. He's such a great guy, and to hear the entire history of true love from the beginning till now, it was such a treat for me because obviously I'm a fan of the band. I just have like an outsider's perspective, but to hear how everything came together and hear about the band through each release and how they got to where they're at now. It was so awesome for me. And please pay attention to the show notes because I'm going to post a link to a blog spot with lyrics for true love. And for all you people out there who want to dive deeper and dissect these lyrics and find these. Uh, you know deeper meanings to these lines that are all these callbacks to to movies and to different songs it's really fun and it makes me appreciate the band even more after talking to Dominic and hearing about how there's so much more meaning to the lyrics than I thought it was so much fun for me to be able to do this with him and I'm looking forward to having him back on in the future so please for anybody who's a fan of true love this is a special one so please strap in Enjoy this conversation and without further ado, welcome Dominic Vargas to the show. welcome to the podcast dominic how's it going good man how you doing I'm, I'm doing great i'm stoked to finally have you on the podcast it was uh great to you know officially meet you a couple weeks back at that uh, turnstile never-ending game show
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh that was a great time
0: uh, pretty insane uh, to be honest like you know it was a short run of shows but for um, that vibe and the love uh, that everybody had and the fact that everybody came out and it was just a crazy turnout. I I think it was a cool night.
1: I think that was like, that was probably my favorite show that little weekend too. like, uh, you know, you get there and it was like, not a weird venue, but like kind
0: of weird for hardcore. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But it was awesome. The vibe was right. It was outside. It was beautiful out.
0: You know, it it was always interesting that there was like really like no rules, right? You know, people just like like all up on stage, um, you know, just, just, you you could just go anywhere. I was like, that's pretty interesting.
1: Because we got there and there was barricades and I was like kind of wondering how it would turn out. And Mm then uh, Brendan from Turnstile was like, oh no, these are going to be gone. So it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then turned
0: out sick. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Uh, During Turnstile, I was standing behind this couple. And I don't know where, but there's like this giant spider just kind of making its way down, and <laughs> yeah. and I, I could see it because like you know they had like the lights going, so like whenever the lights would like kind of flash in my area, I just saw this giant. It was a big spider. Like I wouldn't have made a big Slowly deal. Slowly
1: inching its way down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was just right above this couple, and I was going down and down, and I was like, okay, I was like, I hope the song ends soon so I could warn them that this guy's about to get you know turned into Spider Man or something. So, uh, like, <laughs> and sure enough, like the song ends, and like I'm screaming at the couple, and they don't realize that I'm. I'm screaming at them but they, they kind of turn around because they hear me screaming and i'm like yo there's a spider about to get you and then they like freaked out and were thankful and then they left and then i don't know what happened to the spider so i'm, I'm hoping nobody got bit that night by that giant fell, spider fell
1: into the into the pit yeah i <laughs> yeah was, was that like was there trees and stuff over by where you were standing or
0: no i i was literally like on stage right so it was oh, okay. just, yeah like i don't know oh, where the hell it came from, from the rafters. yeah probably
1: yeah because uh i was gonna say um Kind of like where the merch was, like where I was sitting for never game. Mm-hmm. It kind of was like I was getting like sap all over me in the merch all night long and the trees were like dripping all over you were kinda of like in like a, a nature scenario almost. That's crazy. So I yeah. wondered. Yeah, that's probably where the spiders came from,
0: you know. Yeah. Basically being out there. I just assumed that maybe because the venue had been so like um, inactive for so that long. That too, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they didn't get to dust off everything and they just missed that <laughs> spider.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's wild.
0: Yeah. So for uh, people listening, uh, you know, who may not know who you are, could you, uh, you know, just kind of break down, uh, you know, who you are and what, where you come from?
1: Yeah. Uh, my name is Dominic Vargas. I used to, well, no, we never broke up, but, um, for true love, same for true love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm originally from Michigan and living in LA now for since Halloween, 2018. Um, but not my first time in California. I actually lived out here just after high school, uh, mid 2000s for a little while. Um, right now I live in Glendale. This is like a little north of LA. Um, and then before that, I lived in Thousand Oaks. So a little bit further up the 101. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I spent most of my life in Michigan. Um, and then like probably the last 10 years or so in Ann Arbor, which is where university of michigan is and then pretty close to detroit um so kind of had a chance to be present more in like the detroit hardcore scene um before that uh i, I lived in Grand rapids other side of the state we would go over for the detroit shows a lot but like you know it's only like you're seeing those you know, people yeah honestly kind of a lot a couple weekends a month you know mm-hmm. but um but yeah
0: now, I, I'm curious. I, I didn't know you had an earlier stint in California. Why did you come out here right after high school? If you don't my mind girl. me asking. <laughs> oh, girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. My My relationship with California, um, I have been going to shows, I'd say, since I was, I, I, I'm kind of getting jumping ahead here, I mm-hmm. think. That's okay. But um, I met two sisters once at a Take Mex Sunday show. And, uh, they were from California visiting some family and I was there by myself because, um, where I grew up, I didn't, there was, there was people that were like into, you know, hardcore alternative music or something like that, but I kind of didn't know them. So I had no old head. I just like figured it out on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was there by myself and, uh, they were there and they were like, there's a guy talking sitting there by himself too. So they chatted me and then we just kind of kept in contact. Um, and, uh, this was just like, uh, I think just before MySpace. So we were friends through like live journal and then their friends started following me and like seeing them talking to me on a one semester and stuff. Um, so I just like already had like a built in set of friends here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, uh, I finally came and visited them like right after high school and, It was like like i said i already knew all these people so i knew like 10 people by the time i got here and then uh the girl that i started dating then was like part of that group so we just kind of hit it off and i came and visited a bunch of times before i moved here and then like me and a friend from michigan just packed up and moved like the summer after high school so yeah and then i lived here for uh, like a year and a half or something like that Mm -hmm. um and then we broke up and then uh, i went home and I planned on coming back but I uh, just
0: never did until
1: 2018
0: that's wild just yeah. this random night and meeting these people and I, I think that's that's cool that you took that chance and you know, moved across the country because uh, I, yeah. I think it's always uh, awesome to, to make those kind of crazy decisions especially like when you're younger you're right you don't have like a oh, lot, yeah. lot uh, I, you know, yeah
1: I was only 18
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah we just filled up my my friend had a Jeep We hooked you all up to I literally, I think that I packed the night before I got like uh, I went to like a home Depot or something to get boxes and they had this like massive one for like a grill. And I just literally threw all of my stuff in one giant box and like my mattress and stuff. And then, yeah, we took off.
0: Now, um, as far as like your family and your other friends, do they think you were crazy for doing this move or was it like already planned for a bit before you actually did it?
1: I have kind of like a problem, um, uh, like a, an anxiety problem and not wanting to disappoint people. So I mm. kind of didn't talk about it, oh, wow. except with the person who I was moving. Um, and uh, I I grew up with uh, my grandma and I kind of, you know, in retrospect is so savage, but like didn't, I don't think I brought it up until like a couple weeks before I was going to go. You know um so it kind of took everybody by surprise uh, unfortunately kind of my mode like you know i I wait until it's uh the last moment because i think people are going to be mad at me and then people are mad at me Mm because i waited till so long so um but yeah i mean like my my like scene friends uh they they were like kind of not like indifferent they were like oh man that's a bummer but sick you know Mm -hmm. um And then, uh, like the guy that I moved with, um, this guy named Jake, he, uh, and I were best friends anyway. So it wasn't like I was like leaving behind a best friend. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too difficult. The hardest one was for sure telling my grandma, but, uh, you know, she kind of understood me and, and knew that it was difficult for me to tell her anyway. So she didn't give me too hard a time about it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shock, I think.
0: Yeah. I I can only imagine, uh, I grew up in the Palm Springs area and I lived there till I think I was like 21 and Mm -hmm. I, you know, just decided I needed some change in life. And I, uh, you know, talked to a buddy and we were kind of like in the same space, like, um, they're not same space, but like kind of like in the same point in life where we were kind of like fed up with where we grew up and just needed something new. And we have been going out to orange County, Uh, You know, pretty much every weekend to see our friends because like the people back home, like we're still cool with, but they just didn't really share the same interests in hardcore as we did. So we were driving out to Orange County every weekend to hang out with our friends who like going to shows and to go to shows. So we're like, how about we just move out there? And I remember I told my mom and my dad and they didn't believe me. Cause I just got like a new job <laughs> right. and they're like, yeah, like s- stop playing around. Like, you know, like, cause I just moved, moved out of, um, this place that I was living at and went back to my parents' house and I was just trying to figure things out and I'd just gotten a new job and just, things were just moving really fast. And I told my, my, my parents, I'm like, yo, like I'm moving and they didn't believe me. So like it, it, the, the time came, I'm like, yo, like I'm literally leaving on Saturday and I don't know if I'll ever be back and they still didn't believe me. So I had, I literally had to drive to my mom's work as I was leaving town with my car just stuffed with everything that I owned that I thought was important to me. And I was like, Hey, I'm really leaving. And it, it wasn't until that moment that she realized like, Holy shit, this guy's actually serious. And, it, <laughs> and it's been 11 years. And I have moved back home. So it's, uh, oh wow, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a trip. So I, I kind of know what, like what that experience is like to kind of have to like break the news. Um, even though like I, I've been trying, but they didn't believe me until <laughs> yeah, like, it was like, time. Yeah.
1: Whatever you'll say. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um yeah, I uh, I mean um I don't know. I was going to say like I I kind of I wasn't on my own once I turned 18. Mm-hmm. Um obviously like I could have lived there for as long as I wanted my grandma loved me, but um we were adopted so like um, me and my little brother and uh so sh- we I was kind of already fending for myself while living there um like the second I graduated like, uh, adoption subsidy, the stuff that my grandma's retired, so she didn't have like funds for us. It was like, we got like the government funds, but, um, the second you turn 18 or graduate high school, they cut off like your health insurance and like all this other stuff. So, um, she got no more money for us. I like have, I've had jobs since I was like seven, but I had to get like a full-time job like immediately, you know, I'm in like, um, I, she, like I said, I didn't have to move out, but definitely was like pay, paying for all my stuff. I had to give her money for rent and stuff because now she's missing, you know, a part of um, money that they gave for us for like lodging and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, it wasn't, it, she, she kind of got that, like, you know, he's already, he's already kind of living on his own. You know what I mean? He just stays here. Um, I had to buy my own food and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, she, she, she just kind of saw it as my journey. I might as well move out, you know, Mm -hmm. see, see the world a little bit. But
0: Now you say you've been working since seven. Is that even legal? Like where do you get a job when you're seven years old?
1: (laughs) It's just like old school, man. Like I had first thing I got was like a a weekly paper out where I did like one, uh, one day a week, um, passed out like a a town paper or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, eight, when i turned eight i got my own paper out like um with uh i split like because i grew up in a trailer park um me and my friends split a trailer park route which was like hundreds of trailers um and uh his dad used to drive us around or like we would be like all right you got the front of the park i got the back of the park like today um and just pull a wagon around um and then uh i was like tired of splitting (laughs) splitting the profits dude even though you're basically making like 50 cents an hour um and uh this girl that i went to school with she was giving up her route so i had to like it's kind of like stand by me type stuff where i had to like climb this fence that went over this creek um like like a chain link fence like climb across it like side to side Um, and then my papers got dropped off in like the, the neighborhood basically behind the trailer bar. Um, and that was the fastest way to get there. Cause if you walked to the front and walked out, it'd be like two miles. Um, so yeah. And then I had my own paper route from like eight to 12 or something like that. Um, you paid like $120 a month or something like that for, I delivered to like 70 houses. Um, And then after that, I mean, I don't know if you want my whole job history here, but I, yeah, I just always have had a job just because like my family didn't have money. And like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't jealous of other kids having money necessarily, but like my grandma was like, if you want something, you gotta, I don't have, we don't have the money for that. So you can work like a mowing the lawns or something like that. Like she wasn't like, you need to get a job, but Mm -hmm. if you want extra stuff, you know yeah you, you will
0: you gotta know. go out and get it that's that's so yeah. crazy because like growing up m- my family we weren't rich we were like considered like right. upper middle class but that sounds like bullshit, um when i think about it sure. like, you know as an <laughs> adult but um that's I, I don't even know like like where did you get that kind of work ethic because like when i was that young all i wanted to do was like you know play crash bandicoot and d- like disregard my homework so i couldn't even imagine having to go do a job and hope to get paid
1: <laughs> dude it's funny because like y- you know i uh, like people hear about that and they're like man you had a workout like as a kid and i'm like nah man i was lazy as hell like i i grew up a fat kid and i just like it kind of was like i begrudgingly did it more mm-hmm. or less you know um i wasn't like psyched to be out there I, like i was psyched when i got paid yeah but um just uh it-, it was it was a chore to me every single time i had to go out there you know I and mean? like especially like when you have your own regular route and you're waking up at because the people expect their papers to be there at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. I can't, I think it's 8 on the weekends. No, nine. Um, and I had a huge route, so I had to go out there and put the papers together and stuff and, and, and slog out at like five thirty in the morning on, on weekends. Um, but yeah, it was basically just like, I, I, I wanted to, you know, have, not i mean like i said i didn't make that much it was basically just like so i could go to the movies with my friends or like go to a convenience store or something like that Mm -hmm. so um but yeah um probably i think it's crazy to a lot of people now like the idea of your kid working like that young you know um but yeah i i i just did it begrudgingly zero zero work ethic i hate working
0: yeah, I, I I hate working too, but like I, I don't even yeah. know if it's like m- me like thinking that it's crazy because like a young kid is working, but I think the fact that like a young kid's going out there alone like so early in the day, and, and you think uh, about yeah, you think about how how dangerous the world actually is, and it's like if if I had a kid, like I wouldn't want them to be going out like especially that young they they probably couldn't defend themselves against some like you know predator oh, yeah. or, you know even like an animal or something that that's what I Absolutely. think about. It
1: yeah that too yeah cause like I remember like when I first like when i when I visited my girlfriend here um after high school, I was talking to her parents about how like the way we were raised like just going out in the woods and, mm-hmm. and uh we'd walk to the the convenience store like at the very end of our trailer park and like so many things did we didn't have cell phones or anything it's basically like if your kid doesn't come home at at dinner time then something's wrong mm-hmm. but beyond that, like we're like barely checking in, um, and, and and with the, the the routes and stuff, I'm like carrying around cash and stuff that people would pay me. Um, you're walking up to strangers' houses, it's a little kid, dude. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But again, I was raised by my grandma, so she had like kind of an old school mentality, like raised us just the way she raised my like my uncles in the '50s or whatever. You know, minimal supervision, absolutely um luckily we weren't like bad kids but you know a lot could happen to us and and, and you were like with the predators and stuff um she was like if any stranger has talk to you walk away like it doesn't matter what if they're nice or whatever just mm-hmm. don't talk to them so that was that was our advice against getting abducted and this was like 90s uh, 80s and 90s i feel like <laughs> if you were a kid you got abducted
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's a trip because i'm um, back when i was like younger like the only rule that because uh, you know like i said m- my parents were like considered like upper middle class so they're always working so like i get home from school mm-hmm. and they didn't really have any control because there's nobody there so their thing was right. like yo um if you're gonna go out just make sure to be home before the sun sets and oh yeah yeah so it, it was cool during certain parts of the year cause, like the street
1: lights come on yeah yeah because like so, yeah.
0: sometimes like you know with like daylight savings out here like sometimes um you know that would enable us to stay out pretty late but then the, the times when the, like the sun would set early I, i'd be like super bumps and like shit. i have to get home like you know a couple hours earlier this sucks
1: yeah but right uh, like five o'clock mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah, but that's just like the, yeah. the basic rule, just because my, uh, you know, parents just tried to, you know, teach us the right way to not be bad kids. And I, I never got <laughs> into any trouble, never I like, did anything crazy. I, I think the, the worst thing that ever happened to me, like while my parents were at work was I got bit by a dog. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was it was like my friend, it was my neighbor's dog. It was like one of those situations like, oh, like, don't worry, like he won't bite. And like, as soon as I step into like the side <laughs> yeah, of the house, yeah. the first thing this dog does is it like chomps on my arm and i I had to try so hard not to cry in front of my friends because i don't want to seem like a little pussy you know so (laughs) so i like i yeah so i I ripped my arm out of the dog's mouth and i just like held it back like tears and then i called my mom and like hey i have to go to the hospital this dog just bit me and my mom was so pissed off and she like yelled at my friend's mom and made them pay like all the bills for like me having to go to the hospital and like the medication and stuff it was pretty crazy yeah
1: that's i was always jealous of kids like you like i was like I get to go home and no one's there. You can like, and like in my like little, little like fat kid mind, I'm like, I can do whatever I want. I can watch TV, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in, in, in retrospect is it it's probably pretty nice that I could come home and someone was home every single day.
0: Yeah. You and- know? yeah somebody broke into my house one time I, I remember um like I like went home it was like it, it was me and my sister because my, my sister was, like a year older than me so we went to the same school so we were like walking home from the you know getting dropped off from the school bus and like I, I remember we were walking up to our house and we noticed that the front door was open I'm like oh that's kind of weird and I remember I kind of like, might poked my head in and saw that like the the back sliding door was open and like uh, I was like that's not right so I remember we went to my neighbor's house because my best friend lived next door to me at the time and luckily his dad was home so like we went and got him he was like the adult and he kind of like uh, walked through the house and uh, that's scary yeah and like whoever was there was gone by the time uh, we walked through the house with my friend's dad and i'm not sure if they stole anything or what but it, it was just uh, a, a good kinda thing poking around yeah I, I was just happy that nobody was there because i as a kid like being in middle school if i if i were to come home and there was like some strange person in my house i, I wouldn't know what to do i'd probably like freeze Dude, up. that's my nightmare
1: yeah for sure absolutely I wonder if, like, they were probably poking around and, like, when you came in, they just ran out the back like, oh, shit's on yeah, I, I you
0: mean, know. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. It's crazy. But, okay, so I, I'm curious. You leave California, to go back to uh, Michigan. Um, are, are you going mm-hmm. back uh, to your grandma's place or are you, uh, you know, living on your own?
1: Um, yeah, I moved back in. Um, uh, by the time I got back, man, I had, it was weird because, like, all my friends had kind of like moved on, you know, either, Mm -hmm. um, like it's, it's Michigan. So people are like getting married, like right away, you know what I mean? Or like they're in college. Um, and like, I started going to like shows again and didn't know anybody. Like I was just like, frequently would just go by myself, you know? Um, which I think is kind of like a, a sick style, honestly, like a kid, just, yeah, it doesn't matter. You wanted to be there. So you, you go, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, but yeah, I moved in with my grandma and, uh, I started a good job doing construction. Um, I worked for my, my uncle has a contracting company and, uh, I started doing like, just like some, some like light stuff for him. And then they had me move into, um, doing insulation, which is maybe the worst absolute job ever. You're just getting fiberglass all over you and. It's filthy. You're like, and this is like, we're not wearing masks or anything. And so we're breathing in like, uh, this is like known to cause cancer type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I lived there and, uh, I think that I probably went, I moved back mid 2005. Um, uh, I went almost a whole year without like having any new friends, maybe, maybe like the spring or something like that. Um, I started hanging out with people like kind of people start seeing me at at shows again and and you got to think i'm only like 19 here too Mm -hmm. so maybe i just turned 20 i I can't really think of the time yeah i guess it was 2005 i just turned 20. um but uh that was like when i met um my friend Britty. um she uh was like there was a local venue um called skeletons there and it was kind of like the epicenter of like the grand rapids scene um it was a coffee shop well first it was a coffee shop that had shows like up there upstairs like just in the back of it and then it turned into like where they had a venue downstairs and there was a coffee shop upstairs but it was like a place where you could go and um anybody in the scene just go there like mm-hmm. no matter what day it doesn't matter if there's a show or not so it's like a pretty cool way to hang out with friends and not have to be at someone's house or uh meet new people basically
0: and uh, real quick when you're in california for, for that uh, first time mm-hmm. w- were you going to shows or were you just kind of like living your life i went when i went
1: sort of yeah the the uh, i lived like i said i lived in thousand oaks mm-hmm. um and the kids i knew were like only like very like they were like the kids where you like uh, they don't go to like the smaller shows they just go to like the big shows oh, okay. you know what I mean like yeah. when you were like when you're at a show and you're like who are these people it was those kids
0: that's funny you okay. know
1: um, so I had like kind of a taste of like people who are not that involved like they listen to the music regularly you know mm. what I mean um, and I think that they feel like they're they're kind of part of it but um, they don't go to shows that often Once in a while we did, um, went to like bigger shows, um, or like I had gone to like the cobalt a few times, um, or Kung Fu corner. Um, but like, it's like, honestly, such a, such a blur time for me. Um, but yeah, those, those people, uh, they weren't like that involved. So, um, but I did meet some people that I'm like still friends with today. Um, that was like kind of part of that group, uh, uh, my friend, Nick, who's like a vegan power lifter now, um, so like kind of, kind of got a big vegan, uh, Twitter presence. Okay. Um, he was part of that, that, that same group of people. Um, but most of those, you know, kind of like faded off into the, the periphery, you know what I mean? Like they, they moved on. So.
0: Yeah. I feel like those, uh, people are always kind of like on the edge. Like I'm, I'm never surprised when they kind of like disappear and, I I never want yeah. to be like a like a gatekeeper or whatever because you know whatever people um, you know, consume.
1: Not everyone's a lifer.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah uh, and, I'm, and maybe it's weird for me because I am. So I I yeah. I, I, I basically like you know I've, I've been around for like a really long time so I, I've seen so many different aspects of, um, hardcore and you know what, all the different kinds of people that come through here so it, I'm I'm never surprised.
1: Yeah, dude. I was like, uh, we we're uh, we were talking about something I can't remember someone showed, showed us like a, a new song from an old band. And I was like, this sounds like, um, this sounds like when you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time, and they're like, oh man, people are still straight edge. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're so disconnected that they thought it was like a trend from just then. Yeah. You know, like, and and, and, and since they left Hardcore, it, it, it must have ended. You know what I mean? Like if I don't see it, it's, it's it must be over, right? You know, they yeah. are not checking out anything new.
0: It's so strange. I was at um, when I was at that turnstile show where where, where I met you, I was with a buddy and one of his friends from high school had like come up and was like talking to him and uh, it was weird because I didn't get an introduction. So I was just kind of standing there like twiddling my thumbs and I was listening to the conversation and uh, my buddy's friend was talking about how uh, he doesn't even know like what hardcore is anymore. But somehow he like found out about Turnstile, but like that's like the only band that he had been listening to since like, you know, uh, like 2015 or something. And he was mm-hmm. uh, he was just asking my friend like, like where do shows happen these days? And I'm just tripping out because like we're in Orange County, right? Like we have, um, right. we obviously have like the, the bigger venues like Chain Reaction, uh, the Observatory. But then like program has been around, I think since like 2014, you know, doing like DIY yeah, stuff. And I- and, and having
1: regular shows
0: exactly so to hear this guy just be like yeah like you know like i was really into it but then i just don't even know where to find new music and then i'm like scratching my head i'm like dude there's spotify <laughs> like you know social media like 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 how do you just like, like i actually don't get how people can be like be like so into it but then like get so Completely disconnected disconnect yeah yeah
1: it's insane yeah uh, yeah that that is they're like um the, the best is like a, an old person that you haven't talked to in a long time or had a, a show a long time and they like text you with like you have you heard this and it's like you know it's turns down it's like the newest record i'm like yeah dude <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like where have you been
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like i was uh, at there first i don't say yeah. that
1: but like, I'm like yeah. oh yeah dude this is sick. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah i, I never want to make anybody feel bad or like i don't expect yeah, people to know like my my history i just kind of like oh yeah cool and I, I was just trying to be encouraging because i never want to scare anybody off
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. i want because you want people to be there you yeah. know
0: exactly yeah because
1: yeah. that's like what that's the scene killer is you know kids afraid to come to shows or
0: whatever um no no one new is coming so yeah you, you always want to uh, be welcoming even though and, and, just, and i always feel like you know um, you know people always talk about wanting to weed out the fakes or whatever but i, I always feel like they kind of just weed themselves out like you just got to give a little Absolutely. bit of time
1: yeah right yeah yeah they, they'll stop coming when if and if and if like you know it's weird um there'll be like someone that has come been coming to shows for years and everyone's like they're a poser i was like dude they've been coming for years yeah. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it must mean something to them you know what i mean um uh because like there's other people that you know they come to one or two and they're, they're out they're out they're over it you know what i mean um but yeah there's they'll, they'll weed themselves out absolutely
0: yeah and i i truly believe that and and it's hard like i said it's hard to to want to police that because yeah it's like you know somebody gets called a poser but they've been coming to shows for years it's like uh, <laughs> i i don't know when people like you know lose that title because obviously there's no like real criteria to graduate from being <laughs> right. a poser to like a legit hardcore kid yeah yeah uh,
1: it, it, it is it's tough i think like sometimes it's it's hard when you watch someone kind of move through uh hardcore trends really quickly mm-hmm. like you know like they they start out the youth crew kid and then they're like the death metal guy and then like um but again they're still here you know so um and and, and anybody that's that's new that you've never seen before you know like people are like oh, look at all these kids that are here because of like you know such and such big band right now
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm like that's just people for people to stage dive on you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you need them, the, the filler, you know, like the, the NPCs that are, are just kind of, you know, walking around.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't think it can ever be like a hundred percent, like true hardcore kids. Right. That's how, I feel. That's like yeah. a little too much to ask for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And then, I mean, when you have that, that's when you have like basically a dead scene, it's like 30 of the same kids are the only 30 kids at the show. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's awesome that they still come, but there's no one new, you know, people are aging out. Um, and there, and there's no new kids, you know, and, and, and old guys are kind of, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to say the, think of the word, but like guilty of not letting new kids bands play, you know? Oh, and then man. they're like, where's, the, where the, where's all the new, where's all the new bands? I'm like, well, this crappy band could play. And then, you know what I mean? And eventually get better. Like, this yeah. is their first, like, shitty band. Like, give them a chance, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it does get a little dark when you... Uh, and, and for people who are listening who might not know, but, like, when you get deeper into it, there's, like, politics that you, you discover. And yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it can damage your scene, right? If you're not, you know, rubbing elbows with the right people, like, yeah, your band's definitely not going to get on like these like marquee shows where your band could easily kill it, but you're just kind of relegated to um, having to book your own shows and, you know, get right. noticed that way. And sometimes maybe be able to break through and, you know, get into those like certain social circles. Uh, but yeah, it, it can be rough. It's, it's a weird game it's, that you have to play.
1: It's tough because like, you know, it's kind of. It's kind of uh unfortunately kind of like a, an almost right wing like bootstrap mentality where you're like you feel like since I paid my dues, why should this kid get it easy? You know what I mean? Like it it, it bothers people because they had to suffer to to get their their status or whatever. Um so to see a kid get it easy, it like kind of like disgusts them in a way. But like again, that's that's kind of like a uh, uh, uh a bootstrap mentality like uh, why should you get easy if i had to pay you know
0: yeah no i i'll, I'll never forget i was at this show and i don't, I don't want to say like what band i was doing so i don't want to like sure you know, start shit <laughs> but um, uh right. th- 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 this guy was like I-, I don't know what he was doing but he like got into it with the guitar player of the band and then the dude gets punched in the face and is about to get you know jumped by everybody in the crowd and this guy is like screaming like Like what the fuck? Like I've been going to shows for twenty years. Like I don't deserve this. And then obviously these are all like younger kids, and people are like, we don't know who the fuck you are. We don't care. And this guy just (laughs) yeah, this guy got ran out of the show. And I'm like, geez, like that was really embarrassing that he was trying to use his like credentials of being around for twenty years to not get beat up. But it's like yeah, it's like it's like uh, even if you've been around for so long, you still gotta have some respect and not try to start shit with like certain people, you know unless you're ready to to go toe to toe and you handle your shit. But this guy was about to get jumped and it was, it was uh, crazy, but kind of funny and kind of sad at the same time moment. I was like, man, I feel bad for that guy.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I wonder when you, uh, I, I feel like the, the old guy notoriety thing, is just kind of a thing of the past because so many kids are getting into, uh, hardcore from the internet and having no old head. It's like, we talked about this when I was back in Detroit that there was like, known older guys that were like kind of scary or mm-hmm. whatever like stay away from that dude and when when the when the pit opens or whatever um but i'm sure to some new kid like me or like any of the guys in like that the the dhc crowd of like you know the, the the few bands they don't know who we are like they've never seen a you seen our band before mm-hmm. you know what i mean we're, we're no one to them we're just some old guy at the show
0: yeah you know yeah so it can be interesting but i was yeah just i i always just try to um, like i said make the like even like you know, people who i don't recognize just always just try to be nice cordial and even if i see like the 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 same people i'll you know try to say what's up and uh, just, try oh, yeah, to, sure. just try to especially, I see him
1: a couple times what's up yeah. man yeah yeah and
0: especially like locally just try to be like oh like like where are you from just try to you know kind of get a gauge and see what they're about because like I, like i've always said um like there's going to be people here after i'm gone and the best thing i could do is just try to help and give them knowledge and you know make them feel welcome and make them realize that they're the future of this like once um all these older people are gone or fade away or whatever so it's, it's yeah absolutely
1: it is for sure
0: so you're back in Michigan and you know, mm-hmm. you're know you going to shows. When do you have the idea or who has the idea to start the band true love?
1: Um, so it, it actually took kind of a, a long time. It was like a long, long process in the making. Um, so I met Brittany. Um, she was, uh, she was just um, like a, a local show grower, basically mm-hmm. um, always kind of involved was and she didn't even live in Grand Rapids. She lived um, in this town called Grand Ledge, which is like almost an hour away. Mm-hmm. But she was there all the time, always at shows, um, hanging out at Skeletones, which became the, this cafe called the Euclid. And through her, I met um, Alec, who played guitar in True Love and was in God's Aid and Twitch of and Freedom and all these bands. Um, and he was, uh, I think he's three years younger than me um, just a college kid, um, his first year of college. So he was around and, um, I kind of didn't like him at first, you know, I was just like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta be friends with him just cause he's from her. Um, uh, but we instantly became basically best friends. Um, and then, uh, he would stay over at my house. I'd go pick him up from college and, uh, basically like kind of, uh, possibly through my doing, he, uh, you know, wasn't maybe doing so well in college cause he's never there. You know what I mean? He's like always staying at my house or at shows or whatever. Um, so he joined the, he joined the Navy and I was really bummed. I was devastated. Honestly, I like didn't, didn't talk to him for like a week. I was like, how could you do this to me? Um, but you know, that's just like selfish young person. thing. he's got to do what's best for him um so yeah me and me and birdie obviously continued to stay friends um she and i um eventually moved to ann arbor in like 2011 and uh that was basically because she got accepted to university of michigan and i didn't go to college but she was like uh do you want to move to ann arbor with me and i was like yeah why not like I had been in some, some, uh, bands in Grand Rapids that like, we went on tour and stuff like that, but like, it wasn't really amounting to anything I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we're all kind of like different people, you know, um, I was in this band called damages with, uh, these guys from a town called Rockford, like little North of Grand Rapids. And, uh, we wrote some stuff and, uh, my, who was, you know, one of my best friends also at the time, this kid named Jimmy. Um, he was played guitar and damages and uh unfortunately he got cancer and passed away. So kind of like after that, the band was like it just wasn't the same, mm-hmm. you know? Like the core the core writer is gone. Um and we did like a little EP after that, but just kinda of, it was kinda of doomed, you know what I mean? Like there was a kind of a bad aura around it and, and not not through the fall of of any of the guys in it but um you know just the shadow of our friend dying yeah um and uh it's like some failed tours and stuff like you know it's first band stuff you know you're 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 playing to 15 kids and and getting paid 50 bucks or whatever while you're you know a thousand miles away from home but um so moving to um ann arbor just seemed like kind of like a not not a fresh start because i don't really think that's possible but a little bit you know it's a new place and and uh i knew some people from out there uh, just because they were having shows at this place called the metal frat and that was like kind of like the spot in michigan to play for a while because it was on campus um it was at a fraternity house but it was basically like kids who couldn't be in any other frat like nerds like they're like playing magic gathering stuff. And there's like hardcore kids that are there and they throw shows in the basement and they're like kind of legendary shows just because not only is the scene there, but it's a, it's in a college town. So people just show up. Mm-hmm. So there'd be like 400 people in like some tiny little basement and it was just insane. So yeah, I was, I was down to move there. Um, and, uh, Bridie and I lived with the guys who would form, um, the pity sex
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and then um i don't think that birdie was in it yet when we moved in the house with them but they were like you know she's in this band called um procession at the time it was a kind of like a shoegazy type thing and they were like let's have Britty join um which i feel like kind of like really pushed them into like the the stratosphere of like that that world um and uh at the same time Alec I think so this is 2011 I think that he um made it so he could get stationed at there was like a naval station in near Detroit mm. um and we had always wanted to be in a band together but like the logistics especially back then like people weren't really in bands that didn't live close together back then um but yeah he 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 started writing for um True Love cuz we wanted to do like a an American nightmare style band, you know, like early bridge nine Boston type thing, uh, pretty straightforward with, you know, romantic lyrics or whatever. Um, and at the same time, he, uh, I think freedom needed a, they had just started, I think 2013 and they needed a new guitarist or a second guitarist. I think, I can't really remember how, how they're, their lineup was at the time, but Mm -hmm. he joined with them too. So it was like, um, we had the added benefit of, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of riding the tail of, of freedom there. You know what I mean? It's like new, new band with, um, someone from freedom. And then, um, Derek who played drums, he was in a straight edge band called face reality. Um, and then he joined too. So it's like featuring members of, so it was like something people wanted to check out right away unfortunately you know um but yeah that's basically how true love got started i think that Derek and and alec had never even met we just like needed a drummer and uh i don't remember if he asked Derek or i asked Derek, but they just met up independent of me and kicked out the demo in like a weekend or something like that um and then it took me for forever to write later it, sports it's just kind of my style but yeah so that was basically the, the formation of it um we had a a kid named oh this is what happened um we had a a guy named kyle um playing bass for us at the time he was like in the formation he's in he's in like the liner notes of the tape and stuff and i Mm -hmm. think on the credits of the, the the demo um but he was the old guitarist of freedom also um but he just um he would get busy so like he was like in the formation of a lot of bands um he's from the other side of the state too in the formation of a lot of detroit bands and then played a couple shows of them and was kind of like i don't have time you know what i mean so um which also happened with with true love too so
0: that's but yeah it's wild but i I guess it happens right life gets in the way uh, yeah 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 or or maybe not it's just kind of funny yeah
1: right it's kind of funny like his his mo is join a band for you know a, a couple of shows and then he's like i'm out <laughs> he yeah. quits so he doesn't get kicked out he's like i, I don't want he to just quits. I, I feel
0: yeah. like I, i'd be like you know uh weary of like having him start something because like we know you're not gonna last yeah. you know yeah
1: right yeah it's like it's like a good stopgap, and uh he's a good guy and like no yeah. one ever holding us for like "Ah, it's kyle he's gonna he's gonna quit the bed.
0: <laughs> i i you know i didn't know that there was like that uh uh, pity sex connection, which is crazy because I, I obviously like I don't know that many people that still even listen to the band or talk about the band because. Uh, sure. I- I and this is crazy. Um, in my car, I always wear this pity sex beanie that I have. I've had it for years. Yeah, Yeah, because I I was a huge fan of that band. And and, oh, even right behind me, right here, this crew neck. Um, right here, that's a pity sex crew neck. I'm gonna have to the gray one. Yeah, that's a pity sex. Is it the the dog
1: walk one or the one that says uh, "I want to die with you once or twice on the back
0: Yeah, because like I I think their van like broke down or something. So it was to like help fix their van.
1: Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah, there was there was uh, I, our the first true love show was a pity sex record release show. Um, so it's always kind of like been been a homie band for us, you know, mm-hmm. um, Brittany was always rocking true love merch too. Um while while pity sex was on tour or playing any of their shows. Too, she's just like, I mean, she and I are best friends. So it's m- one of my number one supporters for sure.
0: That's awesome.
1: But yeah, yeah. We, I lived with the, the pity sex guys until I would say that we, they started moving around, around 2015. So like, like like the better part of four years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Loved it. Loved those guys. Loved that band. Um, obviously not everything lasts forever. So pretty got busy with school and I think just couldn't, couldn't be in the band anymore. Couldn't do all the tours they wanted to do and mm-hmm. stuff, but yeah
0: definitely definitely a big part of us that's why i always tell everybody like we gotta uh just enjoy like you know bands uh and not even just bands but just th- things in life um as much as we can in real time so we don't have to regret like oh i wish i would have seen them or i wish i would have like, spent more time doing this
1: absolutely yeah um yeah and they and they they popped for for a while and in hard and and um yeah and just through that like the the, the metal frat era there um, I feel like got to know a lot of, met a lot of people in bands. Like that's kind of like the first time that I, I don't know if I met them, but like had seen them around like the, the, the youngs. Cause like twitching tongues played there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when, uh, Mike Cesaro who's now married to pretty was in twitching tongues too. So mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like a, a whole offshoot from the, that area and that era
0: and you you mentioned wanting to do a band that uh, you know sounds like um, old bridge nine stuff american nightmare um mm-hmm. which, which i think you guys nailed that sound because when i first heard true love i'm like okay. oh th- this definitely gives me like seriously <laughs> like american nightmare vibes and right and I, I i assumed like there was like some influence there but i never really knew until right now so that's how dude, like, did yeah
1: heavy influence like it was like that sworn in panic like breaker breaker all all of that stuff was like exactly what we were going for and like you know uh, it's funny because it's like we are bringing it back you know Mm -hmm. um but like i think like for us like obviously people liked us but like um i think like the an kind of had left a bad taste in in a lot of people's mouth because they they associated that with like you know, uh, emotive melodic hardcore from like the late 2000s. So, and in a lot of ways that that style never left to some people, but for us, like we wanted to bring it back to like, what that first couple and releases sound like, like even just pre background music, mm-hmm. just, it's not melodic it killed us anytime we would get like a review or someone would be like great melodic hardcore and like, what are you talking?
0: Like, are you even Uh, listening to the There's no,
1: yeah. Like this is as straightforward, hardcore as it could possibly be. Like there's Mm -hmm. no octaves or anything like that. It's just, it's just fast and mosh parts and, and, and skank parts. Like, um, yeah, we wanted to, to boil it down and I truthfully, um, hate writing a lot of lyrics, um, even though I tend to, uh, sing in every single part of the song, (laughs) um but uh I, we purposefully like wanted short songs for that reason too i was like dude i don't want to be writing like a, a book you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like let's keep it under two minutes here
0: yeah i i find that um american nightmare is a, a definitely an interesting band because i, I mm-hmm. definitely am a fan but then when i look at like their career i'm just like man i i feel like it, and maybe this is like me obviously like you know playing like yeah, uh, it. I, I, I I don't want to go bad on the band because I, I I I love and like respect like what they've done, but it's just like agreed, yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have come back, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. There is. Um, I mean, it's funny because we I think had been kicking around the idea of starting that style band, and then they announced uh, the reunion, and it was like kind of like no one ever thought it would happen type thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yeah, those first I mean a- again, no diss on them. I just feel like it's tough for an old band to come back. You know what I mean? And like Yeah. Their fans in particular had like really aged out. You know what I mean? So like you can only have the um the wild reaction. I, I, you know how many times uh I feel like a typical a- average American nightmare enjoyer now is like guy guy standing in the back with glasses drinking his beer quietly you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. the the introspective type so it's like you're the returns are not going to be they're going to be dwindling after a while um unfortunately but i it's 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 like again i think it's a the the whole um era has a bad taste in young kids mouths because they kind of skip over that like they'll listen to like 90s hardcore or whatever and kind of skip youth through revival i would say even um skip and and uh, and all those bands that are like that um and even even like to an extent like Red brigade or something like that which isn't even it's not like sad guy music you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and then go right into like like the locking out era you know um and then i think people now skip from like 09 to uh, 11 like like full stack or a dark hardcore type thing um yeah there's just like is some things carried on for too long and influence things that people don't like so they skip those errors you know what i'm saying um not not realizing that early bridge nine and carry on like all that stuff is just it's just hardcore you know what i mean it's just straight up straightforward no frills hardcore there's no there's no weird fluff to it except that the lyrics are about girls or something
0: mm-hmm. yeah and so you, you mentioned the, the the demo are you speaking about a floral note or was there something before that yeah yeah like,
1: I, oh. I i i always called the demo but yeah we we titled it um and not really sure what the decision was on that but it's it's a demo for sure because then the young gods comes out and that's i think some people think it's an lp i i always viewed it as an ep mm mm-hmm um I don't remember how many songs there are on it seven so I guess you could almost count that as an LP but it and it came out as a, a 12 inch too so kind of kind of further
0: like push you know, that narrative muddies that. the
1: water on that yeah yeah for sure um, but yeah floral though I I consider the demo, well, the demo. basically
0: and yeah uh, yeah you guys put it out with a label
1: yeah um I think what happened was we, basically got the the music back. Um, this guy named Chris, Tristain, um, who recorded, like, uh, I think he recorded some of the face reality stuff mm-hmm. maybe, but he definitely recorded all of the freedom stuff. Um, he recorded that and, uh, he just kind of had like a mobile kind of studio or whatever, but we got the, um, we got the songs back, posted my band camp and like liked it right away, which was pretty crazy and awesome. Um, and then, uh, this dude named Bob that ran a label called mayfly. Um, I think that they're out of Ohio, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, he hit us up to put it out as a seven inch and we were like, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think he, he was the first person to hit us up like maybe a day or so after we posted it. So we're like, yeah, why not? Um, and he, he had been putting out like bands, like local Midwest ish hardcore bands um yeah and I think that he did a good job with it you know I mean like he he uh did like the two variants there was like a peach one and then there was a black one where this B side of it was like screen printed with like the cover um looked pretty awesome but yeah yeah so um it was put out on a label technically
0: and so I'm right at that point um you know you guys had that first release uh, mm-hmm. did you have like big aspirations for the band or were, were you guys just kind of going with the flow since, you know, obviously Alec was in like, you know, freedom as well?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think any, any of, of, uh, the, the DHC bands, we just wanted to have, uh, like a decent scene basically, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like face reality was done. I don't think there was really any um, bands playing like pretty straightforward stuff um, around that era. So there was Freedom and then we were shortly after that um, just to have like good bands to be able to open shows and have have bands want to come through town knowing like, okay, if this local band is on this show, it, it'll pop. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there will be decent attendance. Um, so yeah, we had like no aspirations. It's basically like, we did the, the, the release that we wanted to do. It sounded the way we wanted it to sound <clears throat> and like kind of just see where we would go from there more or less. Yeah. There was no like aspirations to be like, okay, we need this to pop because we want to go on tour and all this kind of stuff. It's basically like, if people like it, then we'll, we'll do more, more or less.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel like you guys did get a lot of love early on because, uh, you know, such being out here in California, I was like, holy shit, like who's this new band? I, I hope and pray that they, uh, you know, last long enough to make it to the West coast at some point. Cause there's, uh, cause there's right. so many bands that I've enjoyed that don't make it out to the West coast, you know, for whatever reason. So that's always like my, my first hope. And I'm right here, like a new band, not from here. I'm like, all right, I hope they can make it out here at some point. That's like me being selfish.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and we, um, I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect either because, um, like, yeah, they saw that it had, you know, featuring members of face reality and freedom, but like you look at the cover and you're like what is this
2: yeah is this, some, is this some indie
1: pop thing like you have no idea and then i think like once people gave it the time of day that like maybe didn't know who we were or didn't hear it from a friend they're like oh shit, this is just this is just hardcore mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's like fast hardcore too like when i listen to those songs now it's str- it sounds like it's on one and a half speed to me because we record re recorded some of them for the um the lp we did with bridge none mm-hmm. um i'm just like damn this is fast as hell so furious like i could barely keep up when we would sing those songs so it's just like mm-hmm, 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 you know
0: so but, the so yeah so you, you guys get the first release and what um, was there a point where you kind of realized uh like holy shit like this actually might be a thing kids are going off and you know into the music scene yeah along. yeah
1: we played um i think off that we did like a bunch of local shows opening and stuff like that um i don't know if we played out of town we might have played in like toledo or something like that Mm -hmm. um i know that citizen had us play yes citizen had us play like a um, new year's eve or christmas show no it was a christmas show so i was wearing a charlie brown christmas sweater Um, they had us play like their christmas show um, so I think that was probably like one of the only times we played out of town. Um, all right. I'm lying already because I'm thinking now there was kind of a bit of time between that and the, we did that in 2013 and mm-hmm. then we did the young gods came out 2014. So no, we did kind of play a lot because we played, um, the first, um, what's now called, the. Uh, ldb fest mm-hmm. it was called midwest blood mm-hmm. at the time um we played that and then we did a weekend with freedom um and we had like so many variations of the floral note which like kind of kind of irked like our our especially our like euro collectors because they're like where can you get this tape that you did 15 of you know what i mean they want to have the complete collection but like yeah we had like a, a midwest blood version and then we had like the freedom weekend one And I think that we also did, um, I don't know, maybe we were just recording it. We did a weekend with mindset also. Um, so yeah, we did get out of town now that I'm really thinking of the timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we were like, well, we got to get new music. We can't play these songs forever. So I think that we were probably playing some songs off, uh, neon gods, um, in the the time period before it was released too because we needed like a full set always for sure A cover two, or a cover or two
2: mm-hmm.
1: um to fill up a set time but yeah because i think if we just played the demo which we did on our first our first show that's that was like less than 10 minutes because the songs are so
0: short yeah and that goes by so fast and people are kind of get confused yeah. like oh shit was that it like that's not enough
1: right yeah yeah so we always had to have um, a cover and I think like uh, I think in the first few sets we had we were playing like um, I think we were, m- might have been covering uh, Sworn In um, which is just like uh, I feel like a lot of people are don't really like know about them but they're there were a I band that did one EP and it was kind of like uh, UK nightmare you know, it's just American Nightmare, but, but British. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and actually, I kind of find myself listening to that record a little bit more. But um, and I think like when someone listens to us and thinks American Nightmare, um, I think that if they listen this morning, they'd be like, "Oh, this is actually a little bit more of what it's influenced by." Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like some English kids uh, saw A.N. once and then wrote their own record from memory. Like it's not exactly the same, but it's mm-hmm. kind of the same.
0: Interesting. Okay. And yeah. so while you're I'm out there hitting the road, promoting uh, floral note, uh, how long did it take for you guys to actually get all the songs written for new young gods?
1: Uh, dude, we're insane. So like, I think like we probably wrote non places and, um, uh, suddenly I can't remember the name of the song, but, um, we wrote two songs and I think we released it as kind of like a a teaser or something like that. Like like a promo. Um, and, uh, then we had books studio time with Andy at Bricktop in Chicago.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think like we were like, Oh fuck, we need to write like five songs before we go. And we have a month before we're there. So we really just pounded them out. Um, and I think at that, At that time we had done the, uh, the tour with mindset. So Ev was like, I want to put this out on, on react. If you guys want to, you know, write for it and do it, do an EP with us. Um, so he, it was announced and then it was kind of like a, uh, we're all procrastinators, man, like just lit a fire under our ass to like, get this done. And then we went out to, to Bricktop and recorded those songs, but they weren't done for a long time because again i cannot it takes me forever to write lyrics um mostly because i either am like have writer's block or i'll write a song scrap it write a song scrap it like i just don't like the way it's turning out um i'm tweaking all these little things to my own detriment like no one's noticing these little Mm -hmm. things i'm i'm trying to perfect on it because it's it's hardcore but you know, it was important to me. So, um, I think that we recorded it and then it wasn't done until like three months after that. And I, and I think I recorded, I recorded two songs worth that we used for the promo at, um, Brick Top. And then, uh, I did my vocals separately with, uh, the guy, Chris, that did all the freedom stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he just like sent the tracks to Andy and he mixed it in. That's
0: crazy. And um, I I, had to been like a lot of pressure at that point. If you like, you had to leave uh bricktop and like shit i i still have to get these songs recorded
1: yeah dude absolutely um and, and and not only the pressure for myself but like everyone in the bands like dude are you done yet like what's going on here mm-hmm. um and i'm like i swear I'm trying trying to get it done um and, and and obviously i think i could focus more and in my level of uh I wouldn't call it professionalism, but yeah, it kind of increased as the band went on. I was like, okay, can't be going to the studio with no lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, and and it and it's crazy to me to think that, like, I would re- read like the the making of background music, for instance, and and Wes is saying that he wrote those lyrics in the van outside of the studio. Like, that's unreal to me. I was like, how do you do that? I just can't, couldn't come up with it fast enough. Like not not that i couldn't didn't have an idea but it it wouldn't have been what i wanted it to be by the time if i wrote it that quickly um so yeah a lot of pressure and like you know we had like a release date set and all this stuff so it was like it needed to it needed to happen and 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 all of us are procrastinators me 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 the most for sure so
0: yeah and, and and to think obviously right like you record these vocals it's 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 kind of permanent because like you can't just go back and and edit because it's just you know it's getting pressed to vinyl and you know, people are going to have these in hand and it's like once it's there yeah. like, you can't really do much at that point
1: right and I, yeah and, I, and i'm a perfectionist on it straight up like there's things that like i was doing that i don't know that anyone would ever know you know what i mean like it, i wanted like the rhymes to be perfect and the, the ideas and the the mood at the time of uh, me writing for neon gods, I was listening to a lot of like uh, Lee Hazelwood, like kind of like esoteric, like country was like a little dreamy. And I kind of went off the deep end, honestly, I think a little bit on, on some of the lyrics and, and it it lost some people because they're like, just so they're so visual, Mm -hmm. um, and full of like little references. And like a lot of it got misconstrued, like, um, if there's quotes around it, it's either something someone's speaking or it's a reference to something else. And I'm doing like little callbacks to like songs before it, you know what I mean? Cause I wrote them in, in order more or less. Um, yeah. And, uh, I don't know if this is jumping too far ahead, but like, there was like a review where it was saying, like, basically it was like saying like something that I was like in the song saying, um, that someone else is saying, like it's a quote from someone else Mm -hmm. that they're like, yeah, this guy uh, <clears throat> its kind of unfair in its depiction towards women in it. And I was like, you know, <laughs> the, the word, you're, the line you're referencing is a line that someone said to me directly. Mm-hmm. And, and and I purposefully always never tried to gender anything because that is kind of a, a complaint of that era of hardcore. Like it's like, oh, these guys hate women. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, yeah. and, and I never wanted true love to be like that it's just it's just heartbreak songs you know Mm -hmm. um i like i said i didn't gender it on purpose so that you know someone that likes guys could listen to it and and feel the same thing you know and it's not yeah yeah so
0: yeah that yeah yeah that can be rough when people like will want to like attack like one little aspect and not even really understanding the 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 full picture yeah yeah and it it, it is hard because right because sometimes like you don't want to give it any attention because then it could turn into like this thing that it, you know that it didn't have to be um
1: absolutely but, yeah and i just didn't say anything i was just like well, oh, he can think that if he wants to this particular review
0: yeah it, it, it's interesting and and maybe you try to like reach out and get some clarification i feel like that would make things <laughs> a lot better right like hey yeah I, I, I right. write this. Are, are you trying to you know talk bad about women or is this you know am i reading it wrong <laughs> but,
1: yeah no yeah yeah absolutely yeah um never uh it was funny because that that same person it was for like a local um like scene blog basically or whatever mm-hmm. uh his his review of the demo was like glowing and i'm like what do you mean it's, it's more of the same man you know like how you i guess i guess maybe his taste changed and and he was trying to reflect that in his review of like it
0: yeah it, it's always rough i like yeah sometimes if like there's like a controversial like review or whatever i'll I'll go take a look at it, but like i I'm never gonna let somebody else's review determine like you know my uh thought on whatever it is if it's like a music a video game or a movie TV show whatever like I'll, oh yeah for sure yeah I'll, I'll I'll go read it just to to, to see what the fuzz is about, but I'm still gonna go consume it and kind of form my own opinion
1: absolutely yeah i don't like if I read like a and you can kind of sense when someone's got kind of like a, a haterish type angle to it, mm-hmm. you are like, ah, this, uh, I can't believe what he's saying here. I'm going to, I'll see it for myself or listen to it for myself or whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's always kind of an angle
0: sometimes. True. And yeah, cause I, I, I could list off a lot of bands that I love that, that people just don't, uh, you know, see it the same way that I do and and it's completely fine. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I never try to take those things like, you know, uh, to heart too yeah exactly. yeah um so uh, new young gods comes out i just curious about the the cover um was that like somebody you knew or was that like a photo you just had on the internet
1: so um i had been following on um, instagram or tumblr maybe i don't know this girl called hannah haley
2: mm-hmm.
1: or her name hannah haley um and she just kind of like had t- pictures like with like that kind of aesthetic and uh a lot of her subjects were were girls. Um, And there was on her I like reached out to her and I was like, Hey, um, do you have any photos that we could maybe use for like an album cover? And like, what would you like for it type of things? And she, she sent maybe like 30 pictures that we could use. Mm -hmm. Um, And like that kind of um, symbolized a bit of like what we wanted and we, we wanted to stay with like the same aesthetic, like the, the opaque, uh, Italian Dido writing on the, the front of, uh, the record the same as the, um, the, the, the demo and, and, and actually I kept the font the exact same size as it was for the, um, the demo for the, it's from going from seven inch to 12 inch. Mm-hmm. So like the, the word size stays the same across the, the first three releases um yeah we just wanted something kind of dreamy and like kind of like to juxtapose you know the harsh music that's inside and again kind of kind of to our detriment a little bit you know because people look at that and they're like what the fuck is this and just kind of write it off you know then the name is kind of soft sounding and then it's got like the soft ass cover on it not knowing inside it's just straight straightforward hardcore you know what i mean um I liked the juxt- the juxtaposition of that same with like my lyrics up against, you know, harsh, you know, like hardcore songs with mosh parts and stuff. Um, so we wanted to kind of represent that visually. Um, but yeah, that was that was one of the photos that Hannah sent us. And and then kind of, you know, just kept let us keep our same mood.
0: Yeah, I honestly feel like I really enjoyed that because obviously uh, for, for me being someone in the know who, who listens to the band I, I obviously know what like the product is but it was always cool to to see like that different cover and then even honestly like the one true love shirt that I have it, it just says true love on it so like w- whenever I, I wear it out people don't even know what it is they just think I'm like <laughs> no, I'm like really into like love and romance or whatever. but, yeah, but I just laugh people are always
1: like oh I like your shirt and I'm like oh they like what it says Mm-hmm. you know what I mean, yeah. like or the hat or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and it's and it's it's a tough one man because kind of like where the name came from when alec and i were kicking around like uh, what should we call the band like i was like on a madonna kick or something like that and the song true blue um was like kind of like i had been listening to that song a lot and uh she talks about Um, she says like the word true love and I was like how about this you know we kind of came up with that or maybe I even sent something close to that to Alec and he might have suggested it Mm -hmm. I can't remember it literally happened in in text one night and literally like we came up with the name Um, we were like what should we use for the cover and like he sent that picture of the flowers some girl posted on her Instagram or something like that and we're like yeah maybe ask her and and, and, like it all happened and and, and, like I, I swear like this course of like two hours or something like that. We came up with a name and got the cover and put it together. um But yeah, the the na- the name for sure. People are like a little confused on that when you wear it on a shirt or a hat. Mm-hmm. And there's no hardcore symbol it was like anywhere else. It literally just says your a shirt. says true love on <laughs> yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I, very simple. Yeah. And uh, I, I felt like yeah, just you you didn't need to do anything extra. I felt like it that was that was enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was sometimes we had to be a little careful though, because um, it ends up looking like Victoria's secret merch or something like that. Like uh, we did a pair of shorts um, that had true love on like the, the leg somewhere. And it was written in like the font that like four uses. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a uh, all-star or whatever, but that's also the, the, the font that Victoria's secret uses for like their like pink varsity stuff. Okay. So it's like, it's like yeah, if you listen to hardcore, you know that these true love shorts are are, are hardcore. then, but like everybody else, kind of looks like
0: Victoria's Secret merch. Yeah, and they're like this guy's yeah. a weirdo shopping at yeah, Victoria's what's he, Secret. What's he, what's he,
1: right? What's he wearing that for? Yeah.
0: Um. And see, now that you're well, we're talking about, merch. Um. Yeah. And like, was there ever like red and white jerseys, or am I making that up in my brain?
1: Um, the red and white you're thinking of is probably my varsity jacket. Um, because that was kind of like. I made the varsity jacket because, you know, it's just kind of goes with like youth crew and in hardcore is just kind of like a staple and having a, an ex varsity jacket. Mm-hmm. And, um, I made it red because, uh, growing up, I loved the movie grease Okay, and the ride All high jackets are, are red and white. Um, so I just thought it was like kind of like a classic, like, you know, jock look. And I had like, I had like a, a red hat with a said TL on it too, um, which I couldn't wear after a while because it from afar kind of looked like a MAGA hat. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause I would be wearing it and people would be like, oh, it's not yeah. a MAGA hat. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. They're trying to yeah, decide but, if they're trying to hate you or not.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like the absolute whitest looking person alive too. So it's just like, of course he'd be wearing a MAGA hat, but, um, no, we had um the jerseys that we had, we had um for Rainfest initially, I think. They were just uh navy blue. Um and had twenty-four on it, which is X. Mm-hmm. Um and then it just said true love on the front, and then like the band members all had their names on it, and then we had a bunch for sale that just said the crew on the back. But um we did those cause there's a there's a video of ten yard fight playing some like Boston. Public access TV or whatever. And I think, or maybe it's like a newscast, and Wrench is wearing um, one of the, like a, a navy blue tanger fight jersey that he had. So it was kind of like an homage to that.
0: That's wild that you guys played Rainfest now that I'm thinking about it. Cause that was yeah, so long ago. Yeah. Cause it, 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 I know.
1: <laughs> I think, I think New England got to like just come out. Like Ev got us on that fest cause it's like, you know, React and like good Seattle ties and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So yeah. Um, but yeah yeah we that was the i think that was the only jersey we made i wore it one other time though um for uh, this circle i think i wore it
0: yeah that's wild and so um, getting uh you know the, the album put out on react um and obviously uh, w- w- when you look at the the catalog um, each release was on a different label uh yeah which was uh pretty interesting and especially like legendary labels right they, they weren't just um uh, you know some like you know just like random like
2: one-offs yeah I
0: yeah so uh, for, for, yeah. for you guys to like jump to these like you know um like big labels like was that always uh something that you wanted to do or do you guys want to have it was home? kind of
1: just like if our friend asked us to to we we just wanted to be able to work with our friends you know like we're friends with ev he was one of our early supporters mm-hmm. um you know he he got what we were doing you know what i mean um and and he wanted to help us out so he wanted to put us out on on react he felt like you know this could be um a band that kind of goes a little further mm-hmm. um and then uh Virginine reached out to us and it, it was like um i felt like they were trying to get back to their their roots a little bit because they had kind of strayed off with like doing like some pop punk and and things like that. Um, Mm. but to have, you know, the bridge nine logo on the back of our record with like knowing that in, in, in Chris Wren, he got the same thing. He knew that we're emulating all of like the early bands he put out. So it was like, kind of like a, a return to form almost. Um, and for us felt like, you know, these bands that we wanted to be so much like now we're on the same, the same label. So um, and, and have got that too. He wasn't, it wasn't, there was no like a uh, bad blood or anything like that. It's just like, we see an opportunity and, and, and would take it without hopefully stepping on anybody else's toes.
0: Yeah. I, I was a little nervous when you guys went to bridge nine and I, I, I love the label, right? I'm you know, yeah, like, for sure. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great history. There's, there's a lot of good bands on that label, but um, sometimes some of my favorite bands will, like go to that label, but then that's where they like go to die. And it like bums me yeah. out. So I was like, shit, like, I don't know if it's just like cursed or, or what, or maybe I'm just liking the wrong bands, but I was just like, I hope that doesn't <laughs> happen think... to true love.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, um, unfortunately what happens is just like when you sign to a bigger label, like they kind of want a lot from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were upfront with Chris right away. We're like, he was like, usually we would do like, I think two LPs or three LPs or something like that. And we're like, honestly the we're the genre that we're writing is so niche that like the we're almost at the bottom of the well you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like of of uh of ideas for this type so like we can only like one lp that's all we can do um and, and and on top of that we said we we don't need like tour support or anything like that because like we don't want you know we're only giving you this one thing. So we can't be asking for a lot in return other than the record to get put out and get promoted or whatever. Um, so I think that that might be why bands die. Cause like there's a lot expected from them and they're getting a lot. Um, and then there's just nowhere for them to go, you know, maybe they weren't meant to be a, a six LP band. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and, and we, we had enough foresight fortunately to know, to know our limits, um, because uh, we ag- again, we're like uh we know we're procrastinators. We know that we're probably going to run out of ideas on uh, on things, so we don't want to like shoot ourselves in the foot and and put out something that's not good, you know.
0: That's awesome that you guys had that foresight, but yeah, but that wasn't the the end of the road for you guys because obviously there was a record afterwards. But I felt like that time when you guys were on bridge nine, you guys did a lot, right? You guys, you know, played. this as hardcore. You came to California. We did, you know, and
1: it, and it, but the thing is, it's the way it's lined up is so strange. Cause I think that once the LP came out, we only played like nine shows after that. Um, and it wasn't, uh, we just kind of, it was, it, it was our own fault, you know, um, of like losing steam a little bit. Um, just because everyone's really busy. You know what I mean? Like Alec was busy with freedom and he has like, a, I think that he got married in that time. Um, Joe, who played ba- who plays bass for us, same thing, married, working his job. So it's basically like me and Derek were like the, the lone immature guys, like not really doing much, but um, even he couldn't get like much time off from work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we did the fests. Um, I think we did two weekends with AN, um, which was, you know, a dream for us. Like I think that we played that the our Core with them. And um after that, um, I believe Wes personally reached out because uh, uh Matt Pike was booking us at the time and Matt Pike was the AN um agent too and uh, Wes asked uh, Matt if we could be play like I think they did some shows in Philly and then um, they did a play. We played at the Echoplex with them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we were supposed to play Gilman with them. But I think something happened with that where like the show got canceled or like someone in, in and got sick or something. I can't remember. So we played program instead um, that night. But yeah, it, we did do some big things, but never a long tour. Our longest tour we did was, um, we opened for a citizen, like, uh, Praise did the first half. Mm-hmm. And then when they, when they ended in, um, St. Louis, I think both of us played. And then we picked up the last half of that tour. Um, and I think when we, we did it, we did a, um, a week with Churnstyle also when Nonstop Feeling came out, um, we were still playing off Neon Godson um and then uh i think while we were on the turnstile tour is when we got approached by bridge nine and met up with chris um and he took us like to veggie galaxy or something we were in boston Mm -hmm. um and we just discussed you know what they could offer and what we could offer and and stuff like that so um yeah after we did the most on neon gods we were like doing kind of a lot actually um playing a lot of local shows playing on the road
0: that's crazy to hear that you were uh you know playing with turns on that non-stop feeling tour so i feel like that that tour was, was incredible crazy
1: it was it was unreal like um i think uh like freedom was already on it mm-hmm. um and um i think that alpha and omega were uh no not alpha and omega a fire and ice we're going to. They were going to open it also, and something happened with them too. Someone got sick or couldn't get. Up. They lost. It. I can't remember what it was, but um, it's kind of funny that you know Turnstile was bringing two Detroit bands out. Um, but I think like you know um, Derek was friends with uh, D Fang, and uh, either he suggested it or something. I don't remember exactly, but they were like, "Hey, do you guys want to come?" And we're like definitely so we just shared a band with freedom and it was it was amazing like you get to watch turnstile like um just it absolutely exploding came out with this incredible record and then on top of that we get to drive around with freedom it's our best friends you know um and play the shows night. it was it was awesome yeah great time
0: yeah i i always speak about how um when that tour came through southern california i like hit like Mm -hmm. every date which i hadn't done in a long time right because right you know it's forced order was on those ones i think right yeah someone else maybe yeah it was like forced order seasons change um i can't remember
1: uh, daylight was on it they were i think that they just turned into super heaven
0: yeah yeah so i i remember it, it hit like san diego uh chain reaction like Los Globos in LA then uh turnstile did like a like a secret set or secret show whatever at at program which was insane
1: oh that's that's amazing
0: yeah that's like like honestly like top three sets ever at program for me it it was just so crazy and just like that time because obviously like Turnstile had been out before so people already kind of knew like the legend of that band right shows are always going crazy so the fact that um in between these shows they they came and played program that was it, it was just a wild time
1: yeah awesome then just like y- you know that was a, a feeling i had being out with uh never Ending game on those weekends i was like you just get to watch every you right know? it's awesome you know uh, um,
0: were, were you at the santa cruz show
1: yes yes did i see the proof <laughs> yes <laughs> dude <laughs> it, it happened a little differently i think than like what the storyline played out online okay um i, I know a, I, I read a lot of people say that someone threw it on the stage okay um like it happened in, in, on the dance floor and then made its way onto the stage but like it was me um dennis from never in game and uh austin lopez were standing there and he i think he was like doing stage manager for for turnstile on that weekend and he's like is that shit like to us Mm -hmm. and like i i what i think is that someone when they were like getting onto the stage squeezed it out because dude it was a it was like a piece of poop it wasn't diarrhea you know what i mean like if someone had diarrhea like that's sad because you're sick you can't control that but like you should have logged like just pinch it man like, just hold it it's not that hard um and then he was like it's shit and like he was desperately trying to keep pat and Franz from stepping in it because like they are like you know doing their thing they don't notice that there's poop
2: on yeah, the floor and there's like slip on people it. up
1: front there's like people up front like like it's right here like and um some like uh often grabbed it with something like that was like on stage like a piece of like a rag or something like that and just got rid of it and i think that's when it made its way onto the dance floor
2: okay and
1: then and he took off trying to like get like lysol wipes or something to clean it up again so that pat and, and france because they had no idea what's going on you know what i mean they're they're in the zone yeah um and we're just like watching there's like a shit streak on the on the on the fucking stage dude it's disgusting And it was for sure. And like some people were like, I think it was dog poop. And I'm like, no, you could smell it. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. It was human shit for sure.
0: Yeah. So where was the, who brought the dog? (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. And who's going to pick it up from outside, carry it in? Like that's insane. Like that's more insane to me than someone like trying to, maybe someone who was like a little, little drunk, feeling a little loose. They got up and put one foot up on the stage and popped out of the bottom of their gym shorts or their dress. I don't know. To my yeah. boy or girl,
0: we didn't see it happen. That's, it just was there. That's so crazy, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. when, like, because uh, I, I, I had a bunch of friends that were there. Like, my buddy was like joking. He he posted his like his Jordans for sale because they had like poop stains on it from him stepping in. Oh it.
2: no! Yeah, oh, yeah. Brutal. So like, I don't know that's if he disgusting. said disgusting.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if he got on it from like you know being in the pit or on stage or wherever. But I was just like freaking Raph. out. I was like, that's so crazy. And obviously people, um, you know, nobody's going to step up and be like, yeah, it was actually me because that's so embarrassing. Yeah, like
1: people are like, someone reveal yourself. I'm like, dude, no one's ever going to be it. Your life would be over. You'd be the you'd be the pit sugar the whole rest of your life.
0: True. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and nobody wants to... Be associated with that because that's just embarrassing, right? The, oh, that that's yeah. that or dude or girl, or whatever. I'm um, that pooped on stage during turnstile. That's just not something you want to <laughs> be, you know? No, yeah Like that's
1: like some sh- that's like a secret you take to your grave. Like maybe you tell your absolute closest friend, but like I feel like in in no friend group is someone not gonna be like,
0: dude, it was. Yeah, I it feel was like
1: sad. you know. What I mean, it would get spread around.
0: Yeah, you, you tell the wrong person, it, it's you know getting blown up
1: absolutely right yeah for sure okay
0: maybe yeah um, it was nasty if the uh you know culprit is listening uh, have that be like your final tweet before you die it was me yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's, oh, that's yeah
0: th- that's insane and, and th- th- that's another thing right to, to make that whole like legendary uh or th- that weekend legendary right because it started yeah. with like the the like pop-up in la and then you know playing these crazy shows and then like one of the last shows there's like a fucking person shitting on stage
1: i know and it's like it is it's like it it, it capped it off a, a legendary weekend but like you know I, I felt bad like i felt like it was kind of overshadowing like this this awesome thing that turnstiles doing you know mm-hmm. and now it's just like someone shit at one of their shows you know what i mean um the, the capping off a positive weekend with like something disgusting but still you know it's a story for the ages for sure i don't i think that it'll get brought up a long time to come,
0: yeah, 100%. Somebody said, Yeah, th- yeah, that's always going to be like this crazy lore, uh, you know, yeah. But I, I can't imagine being, uh, you know, I imagine being like local to that scene because I'm sure people are still wanting to like investigate <laughs> and it's probably oh, more yeah. really like, Oh, was it like you know, who was it?
1: Yeah, and there's something like I said, it's so just dis- like for your friends, Jordan's, like you step in dog shit, like you just like go hose it off and wipe it off with a lifestyle wipe, but like once you know it's human. It's like something extra disgusting about it. Yeah, you
0: know, yeah. But and I also yeah. I, like, try to put myself in, in in like the the person who poops shoes. Like w- like, what do you do? Because <laughs> like, did it come out clean or like, you know? Are, are, is your... <laughs> I
1: know that's that's what like someone was saying like that they they suspected someone did it on purpose, and I'm just like, dude, no one's gonna walk around with mud butt for for a prank. Yeah, the rest of the night, like you purposefully shit, like. Who would do that, man? I I don't even want to do it camping if I didn't have toilet paper or something, you know what I mean? And like let alone jumping around at a show like your sweaty ass.
0: Yeah, and there's no guarantee that like no, somebody wasn't gonna see you do it, you know?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I, I fully believe it was like someone in, in loose shorts or something. You know what I mean? Like it just
0: slipped out. Slipped
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's disgusting. Crazy. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I, but going back to the Citizen tour, what was that like for you guys, like a newer band to, to be on, on that kind of tour? Because obviously like a way different crowd. Uh, were you guys nervous at all? Or did you guys even care what your action would be like? Or were you just happy to get out in front of different people?
1: Um, Definitely happy to get out in front of other people. Um, this was like, uh, I think like right after citizen had dropped youth. So like they were huge and, and, and we liked the record and we liked the guys and all those guys, like they're, they're hardcore kids too. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, um, they loved it. Um, the shows for us weren't always awesome, but that type of fan that listens to citizen, like there's going to be kids up front. So you're never playing to a horseshoe, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but for kids dancing, it's kind of far and few between certain, certain places people would go, um like when we play like in florida or something there'd be like some kids that were that were into it um but just playing to a full crowd is fine if no one's doing anything the the what sucks is playing to a horseshoe. um and i'm sure some kids got into hardcore because they saw us or whatever um uh but yeah it was a it was just kind of like a, a great opportunity to get out there you know Mm -hmm. um and it's and it's a long tour too i think that we were gone for almost a month um and they there the whole tour i think was almost two months or something like that praise did three weeks three and a half weeks something like that um but yeah yeah Uh, we'd all been in bad bands before so it's playing to a um a, a little to no reaction is not not a huge deal
0: yeah it's nothing as, new. as
1: long as yeah as long as kids are standing up front it's not so bad
0: okay and i'm curious about uh one thing i um, uh, out in the streets there's a part one and a part three
1: yeah so um i wrote part one as uh, a prequel to a shangri-la song called out in the streets. Mm-hmm. So I, I forcefully turned the Shangri-La's out in the streets song into out in the streets part two. So out in the streets part one is kind of like, like I said, from the guy's point of view, uh, because that song, the Shangri-La's version is like about a girl meeting um, kind of like a bad boy. Not that I think I'm a bad boy, but <laughs> um, meeting like kind of like a street tough type guy And he, um, lives like a rough and tumble life and kind of gives it up for her. Um, but then he's not the same after, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of how the song ends. And, uh, the end, if you notice on, um, we couldn't do it on the LP because I think it was like some copyright stuff, but, um, and the, on the demo you hear like the, Like, and that's how the beginning of Out in the Streets, the Shangri-La's one starts. So like the end of Out in the Streets part one, if you listen to that, it has that, and then it goes into the Shangri-La's one. And then Out in the Streets part three is like the the sequel to um, the Shangri-La's version, again, from the guy's point of view. So the first one I wrote, it was like, I think that was the first song I wrote for the record. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of like needed inspiration for something. And it was like, some stuff that I was like kind of going through with this girl I was dating at the time. Um, and, uh, just trying to like win someone's affection basically. Um, and yeah, that, that song is full of like little, little callbacks and, 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 uh, and, uh, metaphors and stuff like the, the 12 bar view is a reference to, um, like, the 12 bar blues um which is like a a way of of playing the blues um so it's like the 12 bars are like the the prison that you're locked behind of the blues so it's like it's like stuff that's definitely no one's getting it you know what i mean like (laughs) i'm like this is clever as hell and 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 it's going to be lost on someone else but yeah that's basically what it means um uh and 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 i use references from like um the outsiders and stuff like that too so like i always i grew up in a in a rough neighborhood getting in fights all the time and stuff so like i loved any of that like greaser street tough type thing you know i mean i felt like it kind of was my life except i grew up in the 90s you know i mean um but yeah and then number three is kind of like again the um some stuff i was going through with a different girl I'm dating at the time see a trend here um the song is more about like so like sh- at the end of the shangri-la's version she's saying it's like uh um it's not the same anymore as it was when we first got together because you know he he, he gave it all up for me um and then that's what out in the streets part three is well it's like yeah i gave it up for you and now i like um that the song is like if the streets can't have me nobody will um just kind of like a kind of a cool theme and 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 i grew up listening to like that 60s girl group type stuff too Mm -hmm. um my grandma always had a plan in our house and so it's just kind of like a, a fun thing for me to be able to reference that and then have it also deal with my own you know life
0: I'm I'm really enjoyed that breakdown. Cause I was always curious where's part two, but now see, I didn't know, uh, you know, where part two was. Yeah. So now I'm going to have to go and kind of connect all the dots now that I hear it from yeah, you. Man. So now I'm like, okay, I, I, it, it makes sense now.
1: I'm always kind of like, uh, not, not hoping, but I, I, I'm always like, you know, some, someday some kid's going to get it and it'll be, it'll be cool to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like you listen to it, listen to it in a row. And read the lyrics along with it, you'll see it's like mm-hmm. all different parts. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm using lines from the Shangri La's one in the, in the third one. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of like a fun, a fun thing. And like I did that all over my lyrics, um, throughout all the span of True Love. Like there's references to like other band songs, like, <laughs> Um, it's not my favorite James Bond movie, but um, one of my favorite James Bond songs for The World Is Not Enough by Garbage. Uh, if you listen to that song and, and read those lyrics and then look at True Love lyrics, you'll see it. It's, I have referenced that song many times. Mm-hmm. It's just got incredible lyrics to me. But um, I know I remember the first couple of times that kids came up to me and, and talked to me about, is it, hey, is this a reference to such and such a thing and i'm like yeah it is for sure um and i'm like always glad that someone picked it out like uh there's a really obvious one um at the very end of um uh neon gods in the song um uh, a serious man that's literally two lines from a black tambourine song and and nick who used to play bass in angel dust he was like hey is this one black tambourine song i'm like yeah um, and then there's like a, a, a line in, um, awesome, uh, where it ends. That's from, I'm a, I'm a huge bossa Nova fan and it's a, it's a line from an Esther Gilberto song, um, that, uh, someone in New Jersey once came up and talked to me. He's like, Hey, is, this, is that an Esther Gilberto reference? I was like, yeah, that's sick that, you know, you know what I mean? so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's kind of like little Easter eggs for, for people who listen to other genres of music kind of, you know, like, you know, you can tell like a, a kindred soul type of thing, you know, um, that they are listening to the same non non-punk music that I'm listening to.
0: I think that's awesome yeah. to, to have that in there. And also it, it is awesome that you have like most of your lyrics online and available for, for, for people who are curious and mm-hmm. um, obviously for, for anybody, I'm, you know, uh, listening to the songs, paying attention and reading lyrics, I. Uh, it, it it's like you can tell that there's like some deeper meaning right because when, when like there was like lines where I had to like read over i'm like okay that i don't think that um, you know uh means what i think <laughs> it means on the service level i think i have to kind of like you know think about it a little more
1: uh, yeah and 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 i just do that just because like when i you know was growing up listening to bands and I'm like damn is this a reference to you know another another song or whatever and like that was always just so awesome to me. So I wanted to like implement that into true love, you know? And, and that's the kind of stuff that I would obsess over again to, to my detriment of getting stuff out on time. Um, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll post the lyrics for everything. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the link after this. Cause like I have a, a blog spot where they're all uploaded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had tried, uh, uploading them into like, I don't know, uh, loud songs or something like that. You
0: is that? What's that? Uh, no, but I know of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember it. it like wouldn't upload a couple of times. And then like my brain is like, ah, I'll
0: do it later. And then
1: it, it just never happened. Then years. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, yeah,
1: I'll, I'll send you a link. So that, if anybody's curious, um, I think it, I always thought it'd be fun to kind of do like a zine, like a companion book. to like break down what, where things are from you know what i'm saying
0: um that would be awesome but yeah because i feel like you could put on uh you know people who may not have ever known about that other type of music or you know uh, where these references were and then you know people could go and seek them out and see you know kind of get like oh this is um you know where uh, it came from and be cool to kind of get that full picture
1: yeah yeah and i was thinking just as i was saying that like our hardest song maybe scene of the crime um off the pact the record that we did after the bridge nine one is like really heavily referencing like a balance sebastian song mm-hmm. like and which is like the softest thing ever but i just there was lines that he was saying and i was like this is kind of a hard-ass line you know what i mean like i need to use that in some way in a capacity that it resonated with me and could match with our music so
0: Okay, so but before we get to the pact, I'm um, just last yeah. last thing on. I'm um, heavens uh, too good for us. Uh, the mm-hmm. cover, it's, it's not the same girl from New Young Gods. No,
1: uh, actually, um, this girl um, that I think Alec followed on Instagram. um, this girl named Julia, uh, who uh, her I think her handle is like sci- Scientist or something like that. Now, um, she was like doing like now I think she's modeling, but before she was doing like photography and like, um, like, uh, I think she was known for doing like these, like kind of like <laughs> pornographic pictures of like, it would show like, uh, someone in like spread Eagle, but then like in between is like architecture or something like that. Oh wow! So That's it's insane. like obscene, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, she posted some of these and, uh, Alec, saw it and he's like, this kind of fits our our aesthetic. Um and basically just asked permission if we could use it and um bought it in some capacity. I don't I'm not exactly sure how, but yeah, it's not the same girl. Um but it's like uh it's, it's a little um the subject matter on Heaven's Secret for us is less dreamy than the young gods and a little darker. So it kind of like matched that. a little sexier too you -hmm. know yeah (laughs) um but yeah we kept the same aesthetic except um i didn't design that when uh nick semi was the one that uh designed the the layout for that one
0: okay that's cool yeah yeah like the color
1: what would have been cool to have it be the same person but it's kind of like the same uh faceless object of affection you know Mm -hmm. um not that you can just, it's like these songs to be about anyone It kind of is, it's more the mode of it rather than, um, objectifying someone, I would say.
0: Okay. Cause I, I, I like, yeah. at, I would look at like the, the two covers and I'm like, Oh, that could be the same person, like light and dark.
1: Um, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think that, I think that maybe that photo started out as blue, Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to have it be, ha- have like kind of like a, not a sensual vibe, but a darker tone to it. And blue is kind of a little too cool mm-hmm. and, 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 and sad looking as opposed to
0: like sinister, I guess. Yeah. That red, another uh, yeah. devilish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. So when I, when we were writing that, um, again, came down to the wire. Like I think that we did, um, we did your side um and um where it ends for a promo we recorded those with, with chris and uh i think that we were still planning on putting it out on react at that time and um ended up getting like the 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 what's up from from bridge nine mm-hmm. um and uh then we booked time and and again you know waited for the last minute but luckily i had I recorded, I think, most of the songs with Andy, save for like maybe like two or three or something like that out of the thirteen. And we re-recorded some songs too, so I had built-in lyrics for those. But yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I after it came out, some people were like, "They just redid the demo." I'm like, "Yeah." And also, ten new songs. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like <laughs> you know, we put out a seven-song EP and we're only giving you four new ones and then three re-records, but.
0: Man, not everyone will be satisfied. You know, somebody always has something stupid to say, right?
1: Always, always, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we we were happy with it. Um, maybe, maybe wished in retrospect. You always wish you could kind of spend a little more time listening to stuff and tweaking and and whatever. Because um, we uh, we're uh, unfortunately never would demos things out a lot. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like we practiced it had like the, the roughest recording of it on like an iPhone. And then I wrote to that. Um, and then like, I never got to like demo my vocals out or anything like that. Um, but, uh, we changed a little bit to heading towards the pack to tried to <laughs> up, up our musicmanship and professionalism in that regard.
0: So uh, that record with, uh, bridge nine comes out and mm-hmm. there's like a little bit of a gap from, then till the pact yeah and when did you guys decide that you wanted to write another record and how did you uh uh, you know leave bridge nine because obviously you'd mentioned hey like we're just gonna do the one lp but were they ever like hey like you got another record like stay here um
1: i think that um it was it was just basically understood like um chris told us you know if you guys want to do another record with us like we're definitely open to it mm-hmm. um like we we would definitely put it out um and at that time like we had been friends with sam from triple b for kind of a long time like he was doing like the freedom stuff and and um we liked all his bands and i think that he was like um, if you guys do another record let me put it out and so we were like well you know, continue our tradition of like working with like what we were considering to be like the, the best labels out that fit us. You know what I mean? Like obviously there's other awesome labels that like, it just wouldn't make sense for us to put a record out on their, their label. So we were like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do one with, with Sam. Um, I think that we had started writing before that a little bit. So, um, Mike started dating, um, pretty they weren't engaged or anything like that yet so he was spending a lot of time in, in ann arbor Mike um, Mike cesario and uh true love we weren't not doing anything we were playing like local shows and stuff but like we hadn't written anything in a while i think we wrote something sam had asked us to put a, a song on america's hardcore and we wrote some song mm-hmm. and it has never seen the light of day i don't even have a copy of it um kind of it was it was okay um, but Mike is just, he's a madman. He's always got, he's got his guys gears turning all the time. And he was like, Hey, I, uh, I wrote this song in, in like the style of true love, just cause he's like, wanted to see if he could. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like he knew the other guys in the band, you know? Um, and I sent it to the guys. I was like, Hey, Mike, Mike wrote this song think it's pretty good (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and they were like damn yeah this is this is kind of sick so um we were like you know um our guitarist from before that this guy named brad who is a um awesome guy detroit guy he was in a lot of bands uh in 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 dhc history um one of of the more notable ones he was in x tyrant x um so it's always funny to have someone mm-hmm. from a, a band like that has that sort of notoriety in in true love but he was doing his own thing um and i think he was like kind of in, involved in getting married and all this kind of stuff so um we're like yeah we'll have mike join and, and see what we can do and then uh him and him and alec got together because uh, alec lived out here already at that point because his his wife is all this from pasadena so um they got together and jammed out six or seven songs fast Mm -hmm. like and we 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 kind of wanted to like again we hated when someone would say uh true love's and bonic hardcore band so we're like where do you go from from our what our bridge nine record sounds like so like we had the demos kind of an uh the um New Young Gods is, is, is kind of like an extension of that with a little more ideas brought into it. Like it has a little bit of a count me out type thing. And then um, uh, the Bridge Nine record, we, it was more influenced, kind of more like New York hardcore in- influenced with like some Boston uh, hardcore influence too. So it had like, we were doing like Ride Brigade type things and, uh, and Ride Brigade is like doing Madball type things. So it's kind of like an in an a Roundabout way. NYC and around about way. Um, and then some like, carry-on type things. And we're like, we can either go melodic or harder. And we're like, well, let's go harder. We'll have it be like the the record between um, like a record that Todd Jones wrote in between life less plague and lost of the low. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like so, somewhere in there. Um so that was the kind of the vibe that we we were going for. We wanted it to be uh, not quite metallic but not just so straightforward. So it's just like eight, is it eight songs, seven songs? I'm just like badass hardcore. Um, And and it came together fast. And and, and, uh, Mike is good with doing like garage band stuff. So he would make good demos. Mm -hmm. And then I could, I could vocally demo them out. Like at home, I would just like, kind of like whisper to it, you know, Um, to get, um, a vibe of how I want it. And then I'd, and this is the first time we ever did this. I would like send it to them, what do you guys think of this pattern? You know what I mean? So like we actually could spend some time with it, which I think why is why I love the pack the most. It's like the most polished of all. Like we really thought it out at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I enjoy the record. And I, I look back on that time. Uh, was that like 2018 and you think about, mm-hmm. uh, like triple b at that time i i feel like i think like every band that released that year is still active except for, like one band yeah uh, which is awesome cuz you think about uh you know like how like awesome that label is and how much they've done uh you know for hardcore a over the years yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah seriously yeah a lot of bands just kind of come and go but uh you know 2018 record comes out um but things start to slow down for you guys and
1: yeah yeah um you know uh- Unfortunately, I think that what happened was, is we were full steam ahead during neon gods Mm -hmm. and, and we, we, we kind of like, missed our moment a little bit, you know, um, with the bridge nine record and and not because of bridge nine, but just because of us, we're like, not trying to get on any tours or Mm -hmm. not booking our own tours. Um, like I said, everybody was just really busy. It wasn't like no one lost interest in the band. Um, like within the band it was just like everybody was busy and then kind of time got away from us and um and then we put out the pact and it's harder for sure so like our old fans that liked us when we were just an an, A.N. ripoff um we're kind of like i don't know about this you know what i mean and then like the uh, there was like some breakthrough to um like kids at the time the pack came out they're like oh shit i didn't know this was what true love sounded like but it was just kind of a little too late you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and we did like we did like a, a week-long tour with uh Twitchy tongues and Bamakara. um played united blood did 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 a few things played this is hardcore i think literally right after the pack came out and like we had good reactions and stuff but like you know everybody was just kind of you know, busy, more or less pretty much. Um, and then it, it kind of, uh, just kind of stalled out. You know, I think we played like the last force order shows. We did like a, uh, a show with gorilla biscuits in Chicago. Um, and they were all great. It wasn't like we were playing and people were like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, um, but, um, you know, I, I think like, uh, especially with that type of music, like the things I'm writing about being sad and heartbreak. Uh, and, and then, and not only that, the, the band's music is, is drawing from an ever uh, emptier well, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, everything just kind of has, it's like hmm, logical end in a way, you know, but um, yeah, love that record. Songs are hard as hell. Um, yeah,
0: but you say logical end, but th- 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 this isn't the end, right? Yeah. Like it's, it,
1: it, it isn't, it isn't the end, you know, but it's just like, uh, around that time, like I was going through some stuff. Uh, I think that was when I decided uh, to move to California. Mm-hmm. Um, cause funnily, you know, like the the two friends that I made when I moved back to Michigan, uh, Alec and Brittany, they got engaged and then married to people that are from California. So I, they were already out here. So it's like uh, a circle basically. And like, I kind of think about my life and every, every seven years or so I make like a big change. Like, um, and, uh, the beginning with that first time I moved to California and then I moved to Ann Arbor and then I moved to California and like kind of, who knows what will happen at the end of this, this seventh year run. But, um, yeah, they were like, you know, the, the Detroit guys, they live, Detroit is close to Ann Arbor, but like not close enough to where I'm going every day, you mm-hmm. know, like they're like, Hey, come see a movie. And then it's like a two hour round trip to get out there, you know? So I was kind of alone. Um, the girl I was dating at the time, um, we broke up and I was kind of alone in Ann Arbor by myself. So um they were like, Come to California. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I will. Um, and then now three members of True Love are living in California. Um but uh you know, life gets in the way kind of and, and, and and every once in a while we kind of talk about it, but it's kind of like we'll we'll do it if If we feel like it, it's always been our mode kind of. Um, and you know, you you don't really know your gauge interest and you don't want to be this band that's like on a show and someone like "Damn, they're still doing some shit. Like what the fuck? Um, but, uh, you know, when I was doing merch for a never ending game at those, uh, turnstile shows, kind of a lot of kids came up and asked "When's true up doing something, Max, I'm like, I mean, maybe, um, it's tough because uh, I personally have been kind of going on a journey to figure out myself and all those lyrics are not in exaggeration. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all that love stuff is just like trying to fill like a, a hole within me. Um, and, you know, unfortunately placing my happiness and like what I think I need to be whole in in someone else so like basically since I moved to California I just have been like trying to understand why that is you know it has a lot to do with like how I was raised and you know before I got adopted like my circumstances there I'm getting kind of deep here I think um, That's fine, but uh, um, and just kind of coming to a realization and like, I, I, I do while I was writing the lyrics for the pack, um, it, it's a storyline if you read it from front to back of like me kind of coming to terms with, uh, all the stuff that I've been, you know, wishing for and, and, and striving towards and writing about and, and pining for, I'm kind of like learning like, Oh, like I'm the problem here. You know what I mean? Like, the, the reason these things don't happen is because I'm, you know, not letting them happen. Um, and especially in the song, Change or Die, like, that's like, <laughs> it says it in the title right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm I singing in in kind of a, I don't know if it's second or third perspective, but like, I say you a lot. If you, if you read The Pact, um, based on this stuff before, it's all about I. And then, in, in the pack, it's all you, and I'm saying like seeing myself from the outside. I'm you. Um, that I just kind of come to a realization over the over the arc of the record that uh, that uh, love is not going to fix me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and so that's kind of the journey that I'm I've been on for like the past couple of years here. So to, to do another true love record. I'm just kind of like, well, what, what would I write? You know what I mean? Yeah, It's like, uh, it's a little daunting in that, in that sense. And and lyrics have always been daunting for me. I always, am like, how am I going to write something else? And then I'm like, Oh, I have all this, this within me that I want to get out. But now I'm like, I really am not so sure. Um, I have kicked around ideas of other bands with uh, the with Alec or with Mike. Um, I'm like veganism is something I'm really passionate about, so like I really want to be in like a a vegan band, like where it's like straight up <laughs> militant vegan and stuff like that. But uh, and, and Mike and I have had some ideas for that too. But um, again, everyone's so busy and like. I'm older than I seem and so all my friends are older too so it's just like tough to get things going it's not like you know when you're 22 and you you can just fucking around in a practice spot and and write up a demo in a couple weeks or something like that it takes a lot more to it you know
0: Yeah you got
1: to you, you got to I know <laughs> it's
0: totally fine I'm um, yet yeah, to, to to carve out like you know a specific time like okay let me try to create something new cuz yeah if uh you know, true love's on his hiatus. I, I, that's what I always wondered. Cause I know that you're surrounded by talented musicians. Um, I, I was always curious, like, Oh, I wonder if they ever you know, wanted to start another band. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause like, um, like Colin Young, like he knows, for instance, like that I've always wanted to have like a vegan band. Uh, and he was like, he was like, uh, jokingly, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go vegan for a couple months. And, and write this, write this demo with you, and then I and then I can bow out, and you can just have some scabs play or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, t- t- I wish that I could play guitar. I've tried so many times throughout the years, and and I have like kind of severe ADHD. You notice if I'm jumping around in conversation. Mm-hmm. That I, if I'm not good at something right away, I get nothing from it, and I'm I'm done with it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not getting the I'm not getting the dopamine hit, so I'm like, I have no dedication toward anything like that. Um, but that would be helpful. I could write my own music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe
0: yeah. Uh, maybe one day something will click, and you're like, all right, I need to sit down, and maybe it's the guitar or, or drums or something. Yeah. And- yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my doctor and be like, you got to put me on an ADHD medicine. And he's like, why? I'm like, oh, I gotta write a demo for a band. I need to learn how to play guitar.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I got to do this for the vegan community. I I got to bring something crazy to the table.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So that's kind of like been kind of why true love hasn't really done anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's all me, but like, if, you know, maybe someone else gets interested and I'm just kind of like put the kibosh on it, you
0: know? So I'm like, I don't know what I
1: would write about.
0: Sam Will B sends a group chat Mm -hmm. to, to you and the guys, Hey, we need another record or we want another record. (laughs) I
1: think the guys would be very down for it. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I think that I would, I would have to do my best. Um, he has said in the past, like he would do another record with us or would love to. Mm Um, um, but, uh, you know, I just feel like the time has got to be right. Kind of. You know, maybe I'll go through some shit and I'll have something to write about, but I don't want to write stories, you know, I want to, uh, I want to keep it sincere. And I, and I feel like I would be doing a disservice to the legacy of the band to to change the, the subject matter, I guess. Okay. You know,
0: I, 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 re- yeah. I really respect um, that. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, so I just don't want to, I don't want to write something because like, I, I remember reading i can't I can't think of the actual bands, but like reading um about how other lyricists that sometimes it's like not even stuff that happened to them and and that kind of hurt me. I was like, damn, this thing that feels like so genuine to me is just a fucking story. And like it's a, it's weird with with or or with just music in general, you expect it to be sincere, you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. sincerity is king. like that's why. You know, some some suburban kid can't be writing some like hard ass song about being a thug and like playing with guns because someone's gonna check you. You know what I mean? And 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 I feel the same way about writing some some song about love. Like, this shit didn't happen, to you, man. You're happily married. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I I, I want to make sure that it stays stays genuine and, and, and true to what we set out to do.
0: Okay. Well, I like yeah. I said, I I definitely respect that. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be here whether true love, uh, you know, <laughs> decides to do something anyway, else never or officially not, broke up, yeah. so,
1: you know, it could happen anytime. Yeah, honestly. for sure.
0: It, 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 it's yeah. still a, a possibility. And, and I do enjoy that. Right. Cause sometimes, um, a, a band, uh, will, will break up just so they could announce it and, you know, kind of, you know, yeah. gain some interest, right. which is, uh, so weird. Right. But then, yeah. it, and then they it come back
1: for some bad. Yeah. 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 You know?
0: Yeah, it's so weird. And I feel
1: like there's been bands over the years that, like, they're like, oh, didn't they break up, like, six times? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, last show, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we never we never felt the need to do that, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we did uh, – oh, I forgot. Once I moved here, we did a run with uh, um, Tshishe Um And I was at some show, and, and Jeremy came up and asked um, – if I think he thought only I lived here, he didn't realize that most of the band lives in California. He's like, "We want to do the the Midwest leg of these two show shows," and we're like, "Yeah, sure." I don't think that while they were asking us, they thought we were a Midwest band minus me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we played Detroit in that time frame too, and and it popped. We were like, "Damn, <laughs> this show was better that that uh than like uh, I think like our one of our, our last few Detroit shows." So. Um, You know, maybe we were just playing too much in in our hometown, but yeah, you never know. We might, we might write something. We, we talk about it. We still have a group chat.
3: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We talk about things and, and, uh, what we want to do and and stuff like that. But it's mostly just sharing of memes, you know,
0: (laughs) I think it's a lot of group chats, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing, um, you know, and this is like a, you know, me being like an outsider looking in one thing that I really enjoy is um you and your group of friends i i noticed that you guys you know represent detroit hardcore like really hard and even right now you're you know decked out in lines yeah so i <laughs> it's I, game day today but yeah yeah so i i, I, I noticed I, you are wearing a
1: detroit shirt too i kept
0: meaning to bring you,
1: it up oh yeah, yeah this is
0: out of respect for for you guys um this is i, I appreciate yeah, it yeah uh but um it, it's, it's always cool for me to to see people rep their scene really hard because obviously um it, it's, it's easy to just want to you know talk about the, the the more popular scenes whatever but i feel like when i think of detroit hardcore now like you know the bands that come to mind are you know true love freedom never ending game like the the the, the more current stuff I, I feel like you guys really put a stamp on um, your scene to kind of let everybody know like hey like we're from here and this shit's awesome and it, i feel like it, it kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes who probably weren't even paying attention to detroit hardcore at that time
1: dude absolutely like especially i mean face reality uh walked so freedom could run and then freedom repped it hard and then um you know trula we always tried to do that like even though it's like we're not really like a a repping a city type band like sound wise but Mm -hmm. like you know um we're thankful for the scene and uh the kids that would show out and you know just want to make it important it was important to us um that we um you know represent each other and ride for each other and like <laughs> it's funny like uh, especially for like never ending game too like i'm like number one super fan like always it was posting about it to the point that people are like think that i'm in the band mm-hmm. um like like people that don't know them, you know, they're like, are you in this band? I'm like, no, it's my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was always important to all of us, you know, wearing each other's shirts and stuff. Like, I think someone made a comment at rain They're like, dude, do you only have freedom t-shirts? And I was like, no, but that's like all I wear, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, always try to ride hard for the scene and, and represent and, um, I felt like it, it Never Ending Game pushed it a step further when they had like the Unit D stuff. So, yeah, definitely uh, proud to be from that scene and call those people my friends. And, you know, it's just, it's like the same, same group of guys just consistently putting out good music. It's, it's awesome to me.
0: 100%. Yeah. And I, I yeah. enjoy it and think they're doing something awesome right now with Never Ending Game. Because if you look at like their track record so far, it's been nothing but awesome.
1: Unstoppable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. Yeah. Even with that, that, that new record, it's just like, like I, I, I kind of, I am watching. I'm like, Oh, I, I wonder if they'll ever lose steam. Cause even from like the first release. to now it's just like, <laughs> Holy shit. Like how does this band keep getting better and better?
1: Dude, it was like, uh, they did their first show with the last four sort show in Detroit and they opened and it was a mistake, dude, because like, I think we, everyone knew that people were excited for them, mm-hmm. but like, their set was the, it, it killed everybody's set until I think freedom played. And there was like six bands and someone made like a funny thing. They're like the, the fucking last freedom or last force order show is just the same six guys moving around. And like, because like, there is never an end game. It's got members of freedom. It's got members of, uh, true love, true love. has got members of forced order and freedom. Like, it's just like, all the same thing. But, um, yeah, uh, when that came out and just smoked the show, it was like, it was like they were a huge band. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew the words, everyone's dancing, like everyone's stage diving. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and then ever since then, it's just hasn't stopped.
0: Yeah. Their trajectory is just insane. And it, but it's awesome. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited yeah. for those guys to, to be able to, yeah. you know, keep it so together. So proud of them and, to yeah. be
1: my friends. Yeah, absolutely. So in and, and they're they're uh you know, I, I kind of like I feel like I get uh pegged as a, a type of of guy with like, you know, my like nice little haircut and and, and glasses and uh it be me being in like my soft little band, you know, writing lyrics about love. But like the 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 neighborhood and and, and lifestyle that I grew up in, like what Neg is writing is like that's that's the, the true the true of me you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that like uh street tough type kid um so yeah i feel like they're just writing songs it's exactly the music i want to hear some something ignorant
0: oh yeah well that's so, yeah. that's awesome to hear detroit hardcore is you know alive and well um it, yeah it's uh you know seriously such a, a a pleasure for me to to finally be able to talk to you because i've seen you obviously around here southern california so pleasure many times um, but I just never had, was, you know, reached out cause I, I know I'm like, I, I don't want to be that annoying guy, obviously, cause I, I know I'm not the only one asking about <laughs> true love. So it, it, it just yeah. never felt right for me to stop and talk to you uh, until that night. It turns out going, Oh, cool. I'm going to have to talk to him anyway. So I might as well just bring it up and, you know, kind of check your temperature and see like, you know, if you're down and, you know, it, it made sense. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I, and I'm, I'm th- absolutely flattered and, and, and humbled that you know they anyone would care to hear what I would have to say so
0: well seriously thank you for for coming on and doing the podcast but before we sign off is there anything else you would like to say or you know tell people how they can reach you or find you
1: um, well since we were talking about the lyrics I'll, I'll, I'll try and give you a link mm-hmm. to, so you can have that and if you want to check it out and, and, and reach out to me if they want to um but uh, beyond that you know shout out Detroit hardcore. Shout out to Never Ending Game. Uh, God's God those are my friends here. I'm um, excited to uh, go on that, those weekend of shows. So hopefully I'll see you know some people there. I'm gonna be doing uh, merch for Never Ending Game again. So I'm gonna be out the whole weekend with them. Um, I'm super psyched.
0: All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Goodbye.